Love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do. And then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode. So pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. And this is episode 148. After our DeHops flight segment, we will celebrate baseball being back by talking the Detroit Tigers spring training and more. And if NFL free agency is open, and just a ton of NFL news to talk about, we're going to talk about the, in that, the tight, all the stuff that the Lions have been doing. They've been making some noise as well, so we'll get into that. Uh, the NCAA AA tournament allegedly started today. I, I don't count the playing games personally. I'm not going to get into that, but... We're going to talk about that. Both of our teams made it. It <laughs> got a little dicey there. Ta-da. We're going to talk about their their uh, draws and the way it's going to kind of play out. Uh, what else are we going to do? can't even remember. Oh. Lots of stuff. My freaking – so I won a parlay on my Wednesday parlay last week. So Again? Everyone, everyone, well, that was my first win. So now I'm one in three, but I won one. So I'm hey. going to do another parlay for people. Hopefully people bought it into last year, weeks. I mean, I was – look, parlays are hard, Okay. So I'm, it's going to be a losing record, but it's all about getting that win. How do you spell parlay? H-A-R-D. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to do that in the Betting Hero segment. We're going to grade a craft beer uh, from the state of Michigan like we always do, which today is Big Lake Brewing's Mango Habanero Haze. Whew, I haven't even sipped it yet. I'm a little nervous. He's sweating. I'm a little <laughs> nervous for the habanero, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, but, yeah, we're going to grade that beer. We're going to have a great time. Uh, if you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch. Please be part of the conversation. Let us know your opinion. Your comments will be will they'll flash up on the live stream. I think we just got a comment in there. So there's a f- comment. Where's the comment, John? It said better than last year already, Sam. Exactly. So that's hey. the kind of stuff you can talk crap about me. Was that Kyle is my guess? Or is K- it Carrie? Carrie. All right. Yeah. <laughs> They're both very They both start with K. But anyways, be part of the conversation. You're, it'll flag up there. Everybody loves that. So you, you know that we're seeing it. It's... All of them are connected too, which is cool. So sounds like she wants us to share this beer. Yeah, well, she should buy some from Sisley Market, or just go out to Big Lake and get some too. You hey, they've got plenty there. So be part of it. Let us know where we're right and we're wrong. Outside of the parlay, don't tell me I'm wrong about the parlay. I'm going deep <laughs> on this parlay, so get ready for that one. Um, before we get jump into the episode, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Uh, Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running, which we really, I got to dig into that and make that thing when I want it. I haven't done anything since he set it up, so it's probably just, yeah. It's, it's just there. Don't go to the website, but if you want to, you can. Everything's there, um, but <laughs> it's not It's not pretty. Uh, I got to I gotta get into that. It's Maybe kinda, some write some articles or something. Got a little dust on it, huh? Yeah, John, I should just make you write articles. Okay. Would you want to do that? You should, you should be writing the articles. He's, very he's well. been going on a lot of trips. He's had a lot of time lately. Yeah, I could have had him on an assignment or something. Maybe wrote it off for him. For I don't sure. know how that works. I don't know how write-offs work, but I feel like it would work, right? I could have covered sports while I was out <laughs> west. All right, funny story. There was a regional high school volleyball tournament right downtown Salt Lake City last week when I was out there. Really? 
So all these families are running around these hotels, and people are like from all over the the I don't know the, the Pacific Northwest. I, I imagine a lot of people showed up in shorts, and there was like a snowstorm on Saturday night. So they're all walking <laughs> oh, around in sandals and shorts. It was sixty degrees one day, and it was thirty the next, and Man. foot of snow on the ground. But reminded yeah, so you of home. I could have wrote a story about that one. Yeah, that would have been good. Just write stories about whatever you want. I'm Sam Waldart. With me today, we got Micah Smith and John Back Let's from look. vacation. So how was it, John? Back. It was so great. You it took a, a train ride. To like Utah area, tell us a little bit about it. Salt Lake City, yeah. Took a train from Grand Rapids down to Chicago. Left Grand Rapids at six a.m. Got to Chicago, you know, a little bit after nine their time. Hopped on a train in Chicago at two p.m. on Thursday afternoon. Uh, woke up in uh, Colorado uh, Friday morning. Great view of the mountains. Uh, stopped in Denver for a little bit, and then we hopped back on, rode through the mountains all the way to Salt Lake City. Uh, stayed there for four days. Yeah. Flew back. Um, the train ride was great. Salt Lake City, Utah, they got some weird drinking rules. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, they uh, can't drink on, like, after, like, 7 o'clock probably. Yeah, <laughs> cer- certain times of the day. And then, uh, man, it was insane. Like, you go to a restaurant, you could order a drink, but you had to order food and water before. What? Oh, really? Yeah, so you couldn't even sit there and ponder the menu with a beer in your hand. You know, you had to wait. They're, By they're, that time, you know, it was like, I don't want to eat anymore, you know? They're mostly Mormons, right? Isn't that yeah. what they're, what they're, yeah. Over 80% of the United States Mormon yes. population in the state wow. of Utah. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, found a liquor store. Walked there on Saturday night during the middle of that blizzard, right? I was like, oh, nobody be out. <laughs> Go there, get something to drink, have it at the hotel. Get there. No walk-in beer coolers, no cold beer. Everything's sitting on the what? ground. Yep. No, wow. do- no domestic beer. All they had were craft beer, which is great, right? The show has opened uh, different palates in my in my yeah. taste buds. Yeah, you know? but, I was nervous having uh, you on, like if you were gonna like the yeah. IPAs and oh, stuff. But. Man, I was I was worried. You know, I was like, man, I I rode this train all the way out here and I can't get a dang Miller Light, a Coors Light, a Bush Light. <laughs> you know, you thought you're yeah. in the mountains, right? The only domestic beer I found the entire time out there was Bud Light. I'm not a big fan of Bud Light, so I drank a lot of IPAs. Need, uh, needless to say, no yeah. no cold beer. I've, so I've, I walked all the way to the liquor store thinking, oh, I can get a couple beers for tonight, and I had to wait for them to <laughs> cool down in the uh, hotel uh, refrigerator. But um, other than that, it was good. Good scene. You know, drove through the mountains. I was going to say, how were the sights? It was awesome. They, Like I said, just got all that snow, so everything was just lit up, and it was still warm out, sunny. You know, the humidity was good. Like, it wasn't frigid cold windy you know yeah. Mich- michigan weather it it's was a different type of blizzard it I'm was sure. nice yeah, yeah. And, like, we we drove through the mountains went and checked out some of the popular ski towns you know park city and such yeah. and yeah. i mean people were eating that up oh, i didn't I know there were that many people doing that stuff you know skiing snowboarding yeah. yeah it was insane you drive down these roads in the mountains and it's just lined with cars people going rogue people going all the way to you know different resorts people hopping on the huh. bus that takes you all over the place and it was insane uh it was it was a good time good weather um outside of not being able to drink some domestic beers and feel a little, <laughs> feel a little lighter when i got back into town you know i felt kind of heavy coming back but uh yeah a little layover in denver it was good and flight came back we got to hang out an extra day in chicago nice. which wasn't planned yeah uh made the most of it and here we are back nice. at it survived chicago that's nice. a walking miracle yeah right you didn't yes. get shot or anything literally oh man well yeah <laughs> we, we got we got off the train in salt lake city at like 10 30 p.m their time and we had like a two mile walk to the hotel um the other thing is it's hard to find an uber out there like late at night you know yeah. it's like let's get a ride and it was like all taxi service didn't want to pay that upcharge decided to walk the weather was decent we walked through the one part of like the bad part of downtown salt lake city yeah interesting at that time yeah and like you're uh in a you know foreign land in that place it uh, could not have been worse 
than Detroit. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I mean, come on, man. Downtown GR is pretty bad. I like, remember. There's so, there's spots on the train ride from Grand Rapids down to Chicago that were sketchier than downtown Salt Lake City. Yeah. You know? But I guess homeless downtown town in Salt Lake City was like a hundred people. You know, as opposed to thousands of people when you go to big market cities. Right. Yeah. I feel bad because you you did text me an early beer grade. And this was before last week's, and I, I completely forgot to read it, but it was from. S- Squatters Brewing yep. in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was their juicy IPA. You said it was smooth, very sweet, and refreshing, and a long day exploring downtown. So it sounds like you had a few of these. Is that is that several, fair to say? Several. They were served everywhere. That Squatters was like the big brand. That's that, their, that's their one. Yeah, that's like your uh, I guess like Founders or okay. maybe New Holland uh, of Grand Rapids. Like that was everywhere. We did go to Squatters. We went to their uh, main brewery, yeah. Brew House. Oh, nice. Um, was it cool yeah it was a short walk from the hotel so it was like oh we got to go there i've already had enough of their beers and like paid all these other bars to drink these so i might (laughs) as well go to the house and have one so you gave it a 7.6 it was yeah it was good it was smooth it was light uh um a few of them you know i started feeling a little bit that high (laughs) well i'll blame blame it on the elevation (laughs) yeah yeah it was the altitude right exactly 100 um well we did want to get into our, our beer flight segment what were you what we got introduced this last week and i thought it went well a lot of people You're liked right. it yeah it was, it was like a burp that i was trying to hide and stuff john's already <laughs> digging into the the habanero which my first sip don't it taste a lot they, they balanced bad. it well so yep. don't let it scare you for people that are afraid of it but what we all do now is we we all come up with a quick little uh three to five minute topic here um to just, just something to talk about you know just kind of breaking news that's not worth 30 40 minutes like a normal segment Maybe twenty with Ryan not here, but um, the the one that I really <laughs> think was was worth starting out with was mine, and it was the Tom Brady coming back. Like how absolutely insane! I mean, it was kind of expected, but at the same time, you didn't expect it. You know what I mean? It was like right. there was that he never like his tone was. I don't know. Like it, it, it seemed like he made his decision. He didn't seem like the type of guy that would be going back and forth. He's either all in or all out. Seems like he was definitely not all out and had to come back in. So um, he's coming back to the Buccaneers. Um, and, and the funny thing about this whole thing was the football, his, his last touchdown foot, uh, that he threw was uh, they sold the football because the, uh, I think it was Mike Evans. Oh, he, yeah. He's known for throwing yeah. the ball into the stands, and he threw the football into the stands, and a fan got it, and it got sold. It got sold on Saturday. This was announced on Sunday that he's coming back. It sold <laughs> for $518,000 <laughs> on oh, Saturday, no. and now all of a sudden, what is this thing no. worth? Like, this is one of the worst investments of all time. This is, I mean, I've done some bad investments on the Robin Hood and stuff, but, man, this one's pretty bad. I mean, You, you aren't able to walk away or recoup. Even half that at I, any point. I it's Sorry. absolutely insane that this happened, and I I am curious if Tom Brady Tom Brady seems like the type of guy that's gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna seek this guy out, I'm gonna pay him for that football so he doesn't have to eat that money. You know what I mean? Like he just he seems like that kind of guy. We'll see if he does. Tom Brady, know. if you're listening, which I know you do every, he usually listens on Thursdays though. Um, you should really <laughs> pay sure. this guy for the football. Yeah, right? he, he's he's the kind of quarterback that cuts his salary so they can uh, bring in the stars. I don't know if he's got an extra five hundred. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, he's he's hurting for money with with Giselle pay, paying most of that. Oh, but, I guess but, she could probably give him. She'll, a loan. Maybe she'll pay for it. No, she's probably pissed about football in general. She's like, no more footballs in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Baseballs only. But uh, honestly, my my question was going to be is is obviously 
We have the Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson of we hate the way they that they retired. Is there anybody else in the in the Detroit sports market that's like, man, I hate the way that guy's career ended, and wish he would have pulled the the comeback? You know what I mean? Maybe a little bit different for different terms and reasons why the career came to a abrupt halt, start, stop. Uh, but Yuri Fisher, right? Um, that's a good one, actually. Again, for other yeah. reasons, like that was obviously not his choice to get caught in the face with a skate but yeah um well no yuri fisher yeah, yuri no. fisher oh, was sorry. the heart yeah, of, the yeah, heart yeah. issue okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry that's a big mistake on my part no, no it's a, oh, <laughs> I, I hope he's not a weekly listener uh but <laughs> no yeah, on to, yeah to get to get rushed off the ice like that and collapse yeah. on the bench and like that was you know, still one of the most bizarre i remember sitting there watching that game with my dad i was like I was scared. What in the world's going on? And you see Eiserman like skating across the ice, ripping the thing from the the the, the stretcher. Yeah. And man, that was that was so bizarre the way that all went down. And, and I, I mean, he wasn't even in his prime. Let's be honest. Like you he know, was. They, they were yeah. they were talking about him getting there. And, yeah. Uh, high hopes, and you know, just unfortunate that that's how you know he ended his hockey. Career. Yeah. The one the one that still got we already mentioned Steve Eiserman. The one that stood out to me was Eiserman. The way that he. His career went went down in like so. It was I think it was two thousand six? Is that the the year? I, I want to say it was two thousand six that he retired, and I I, w- I was shocked when I looked this up that he was actually forty years old when he retired because I thought he was playing pretty mm. good hockey. I mean his numbers weren't great. He played sixty one games, fourteen goals, twenty six. So he he wasn't doing a whole lot. But when they lost to Calgary in the the playoffs in that opening round. And, and just kind of the way it all went down because he got that eye injury, he got the puck in the eye earlier yep. in the seas, series, and yes, then watching him skate up, there's that memorable picture of him skating through the Zamboni doors. Like, wait, that's his send-off? Like, it just felt like, as Red Wing fans, we were robbed of of a true good send-off of, of what Eisman is Very lackluster. And, yeah, I'm not a big, like, uh, farewell tour type guy. Like, when these guys do it, and like, oh, yeah, this is going to be my last year. Like, Coach K is going through, like, this is my last year. Celebrate me all year long. I don't like that. But as a Red Wing fan, like I wish Eisman had something along those lines. That he was just like, all right, I'm going to give it one more shot, and we're going to go. Like That's the one that I'm just like, I wish you would have come back. I know you're old, and you have half of a knee. On- <laughs> like I, I understand why, but... Man, I, that that's Come the back one that with half your body parts. I love you. Yeah, that's the one that just really bothers me. Like, I wish he he would have had a proper send off rather than the eye injury, losing to Calgary and all that stuff. Mike, do you have one that stands out, or is uh, it kind of no, uh, not really. Now? Like, not for the right reasons. The only one that kind of bothers me was my favorite Red Wing. The way he left oh, was yeah. Sergey Fedorov. Well, I mean, he, I didn't understand it back then as a kid because mm-hmm. I was super young. But from I didn't even research it. Let's be honest. I think he left for more money and to, went to play for Anaheim. Yeah, and and I think the the the, the toughest taste in the mouth, toughest taste of in the mouth. Is it? Sure. I, I said that right. Roll right? with it. Sure. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sure. say it any better the third time. So, but the 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 hard part was was the lot the the holdout that he had in '98, yeah. leading up to the I, I think it was '03. It was after the '02 season, I believe. Right. That he he left for Anaheim. I think you're right on that. Right, one. and, and so it it kind of means more nowadays, knowing what had happened and what transpired, but also what the Wings organization did to get him here. If you watch that documentary, yeah. which was Man. incredible, that's awesome. So yeah. it was really really cool to watch all this stuff that you know allegedly did happen, and then for him to leave the organization that gave him that freedom to play hockey in 
a country that's completely free of like political garbage Allegedly. and nonsense. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> we don't even get into so, that. Well, we're about to uh, get into yeah, that. <laughs> right. So, anyways, that that was my guy. No, oh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good one. Um, what was your what was your topic for today, Micah? Uh, Michigan and Big Ten hockey. So, last uh, no two weeks ago now was it your birthday? Two yeah, weekends? when they when they when they demolished Michigan State. Okay, so <laughs> let's get to that. Okay, so. Um, first of all, the duel in D, um, that was just the, that was just the Michigan state game, right? Okay. So following that, they played Notre Dame two times in a row. They lost one, four and one, two, and then they get into the big 10 quarterfinal series, which was the weekend of your birthday. Mm -hmm. And I think it was on Friday night, they won four, one against MSU and they had to play them again Saturday. So we're sitting down, having dinner, having drinks, and it was one of those moments where, so Michigan scored, everything looked great, and you look down, you look up, and then all of a sudden it's 2-0. You do the same thing five minutes later, it's 3-0, 4-0, Just a drubbing. I mean, you feel bad for DeRitter's kid, you know, shout out to him. Yeah. But, yep. you know, he, he tried playing his butt off, but, you know, nothing really worked out. Um, however, so Big Ten Tournament comes around, and Michigan figures out a way to win against Notre Dame. It's nice. Two to one. Yep. Big, big game. And so now they're going to face Minnesota, the number two team in the country, on the 19th, so Saturday. It's a one-game series. One-game series. Yeah. And then after that, NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and that's the – I mean, usually when you're playing in this type of tournament, you're playing for a bit into the big, the big tournament. Both of the teams are going to get in. But right. still, winning that Big Ten tournament championship is huge, oh, and and these massive. guys, I mean, it's big for me. You get a nice trophy, so I mean, I, I'm so excited to sit and sit down and watch that game. I hope it's on Bally. I mean, what is it? Would it be? It I might hope be on so. like a NBC, maybe. I don't I, know. That's I'm gonna have to find a way to watch that. I kind of thought it might be on NBC or maybe Fox Sports One. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah. Is so FS1 yeah, no, I I'm really looking forward to that. College hockey, when you get into tournaments and and all that good stuff, is seriously. Such good hockey. I, I love it. It's <laughs> entirely amplified too. Like yeah. the players are playing way more aggressive. The checks are harder. Like they, they're they're laying it out there. Yeah. The I remember going to a couple college games like with my dad as at the Joe, like the du- the duel in the D and yeah. like what would they what they have back then was the the tournament. Whatever the Great Lakes tournament, whatever oh. whatever it was called. Um Frozen Four? No, no it, was it was like, like oh, the Great GLI. Lakes. Yeah, Great, Great Lakes, Lakes Invitation. Yeah, GLI, yeah. yeah. And we would sit and watch. You get to watch like two games, and it, yeah. th- those I remember sitting there just watching this. I was like, these guys hit so hard. They're so aggressive, and, and I just love college hockey. It, it's a fun sport. I wish I would get into it more, but it's just I don't know. It, it's I really enjoy it. But so one little snippet I want to throw in here on the Michigan side of things is if you don't know, there is a QB battle brewing in Ann Arbor. Right? Oh yeah, we knew. That, yeah. So I I, I want to address this because it was it was kind of awkward. And the old Cade McNamara. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and McCade bring that thing. up. So, yeah. um, on Tuesday's media availability, uh, Cade was asked about the offseason battle with sophomore uh, JJ McCarthy, and this is Cade's answer. I mean, I'm a Big Ten championship winning starting quarterback, and that's how I see it. Is and that was. 
that was the response. Like it, uh, it feels yeah. very it's starting salty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know if he's reading things, seeing things from the outside, feeling it from the inside with his teammates, or what's going on. But I didn't like that answer yeah. from a teammate perspective. I I agree, but I also think that I'm I hear that and I'm like I'm more of a JJ guy. Like I want the talent. I want the guy that I think can bring us to the next level. That I that and I think JJ has the ability to. I don't think Cade can. So I have these blinders on of okay, as a JJ guy, I don't like hearing that from the other guy. If JJ went out and said that, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Like if I was more of a Cade guy, I probably would love it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I love the confidence. I love the the arrogance, if you will. Like yeah, go out there and take control of the team. I if I was on that side, I would probably love it. But the fact that I'm not, I want to hear more of team quotes i want to hear like right like that type of stuff where it's like so i don't know if if i'm being fair about it but when i heard it i cringed honestly Uh, oh yeah well i think it's fair to say based on what he said both of these guys are going to play with a chip on their shoulder until the opening game hopefully that's a healthy shoulder on jj (laughs) hopefully it's a healthy (laughs) shoulder but i think whatever is going on with with Cade mentally the just the battle between those two I think the QB position is going to be completely fine no matter who ends up starting. Mm-hmm. So No, I, I, I'm excited to see how, how that all develops. John, what was your flight topic for today? All right, not to uh, you know poke at an old topic or – I love it. I'm make, so excited that you want ma- to do this. Make fun of something that's like old news with all the new things going on in the world. <laughs> Sam, I know you're not much into the basketball. But did you hear what happened to Kyrie Irving this weekend? Tell us oh, all I, about it, John. I saw it. Tell us yeah. about it. All right. So <laughs> if you guys didn't know, in, in New York City, right, if you are employed by an employer in New York City and you're unvaccinated, you're losing your job right now. They are firing people left and right in New York City. Yeah. Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Shows up to Sunday's game, can't play because he's unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah, because he can't play in he's, Brooklyn. He's, if anything, outspoken about the idea of being vaccinated. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Can't play at home. Shows up to the game as a fan, right? <laughs> sits, sits courtside. Got tickets. <laughs> Un, unmasked. Love this. Hanging out with the fans, right? Oh. He's, he's no longer an employee. He's, he's, he's just a fan now. Yeah, he, technically paying his employer to be there, right? Oh. Um, shaking hands with guys on the bench and, you know, KD and all these cool guys that are out oh there, you know, my gosh. balling and, uh, you know, talking to the owners and front office staff and coaches. Uh, can't play. Yeah. Can't, I love every bit of what he did. I, all right. So I was never like a big Kyrie guy because I thought he was kind of a cancer with, when it came to like the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I wanted LeBron Which to win back then. But, like, what he's doing to the NBA, and it, it, really New York yeah. in a lot of ways. He's, he's making a stand against a lot. Whether you're pro-vax, anti-vax, whatever it is, what he was doing was like, look at how stupid the ir- these rules are. The irony. Yes. And he, he's just like, you're trying to keep me out of here, but I can still get in here. <laughs> yes. You know, I and, can't go out there, oh. but I can go out there. It's, yeah. it's it's just mind-boggling. Uh, I, I think the kicker with all of this is if you're a player for the Charlotte Hornets and you fly into New York and you're unvaccinated, you can play. Yeah. 
But Why? the because fact that you are, yeah, because you're employed by the Charlotte oh, Hornets yeah. outside of the city limits. Okay, so they're so letting funny. unvaxxed players come in and play. They're not letting opposing, the employees. Opposing players, <laughs> unvaxxed, can step <laughs> on the court with these same guys, but Kyrie oh. can't. I I love it. Okay, and, so yeah. so KD went off on Sunday. I don't know if anybody watched the game. He went off for like 50 points. Yeah. Whatever did his thing. They ended up winning. You want to know the irony in all of this, Sam? You asked me to, to bring up a topic, and I waited because it was like, man, there's got to be something coming up in the sports world that I can talk about besides this. Yeah. Kyrie's playing right now in Orlando, and as of 8.51 p.m., he had 51 points and counting <laughs> on the floor in Orlando. But Holy he can't, wow. smokes. But he can't play at home. Wow. Can't play at home. That's a double middle finger to the at- – if this isn't lighting a fire under the New York City mayor's behind to get these things uh, changed before playoff time, I don't know what is. Hold on. Um, can we um, <laughs> yeah. follow the no, fire? Well, what is, I mean, uh, kind of relating back to the, the Detroit side of it, it's like Bertuzzi, where the Red Wings are in a, a, a Canadian tour right now, and he can't play. Can't play. And it's like, man, it's just, it's just so stupid the way that it's all going down, but – I, I I'm really glad that with that you brought that one up. That, that's a good one. And and man, I, I it's just so messed up that well, it's just he can go there as a fan, some but people, he can't do his freaking job. Some people can move on from the pandemic, but Kyrie Irving can't. Yeah, he literally has his hands tied. When it comes down to the NBA playoffs, and you got a seven game series, he's going to be missing home games. Yeah, and that's a risk they're willing to take. We'll see. It's just unfortunate that he's in that position. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I I mean it better it better change here soon. We're gonna get into our beer introductions as my, my mic's about to fall down here. Can you guys introduce this beer while I fix my mic? What are we drinking, Mike? Hundred percent. So from Big Lake Brewing, we're drinking their mango habanero haze. It's a hazy IPA with habanero infused and I want to say that they took their their uh, base mango haze and infused it with the habanero because I don't see anything on here. Oh, a hazy IPA brewed with a kick of habanero peppers. Man, That's it. It's, it's very simple. It, <laughs> I think it's well done. Like, I love their mango haze and this that little bite at the end. Like, it, I mean, it's not it's not crazy. You know what I mean? But you can you can taste it. You it can is, taste what they're doing. It's noticeable. That's yeah. for dang sure. And I, I thought it was the brat that I had earlier, but <laughs> it's definitely not that jalapeno <laughs> cheddar brat I had. <laughs> no, I mean, what do you think so far? What do you think? Oh, I I think it's great. Um, y- you get a little bit of that heat almost when you're drinking a like a bourbon or a whiskey. It, it's not as potent, of course, but you still get the, a little bit of that heat right in your middle of your chest right there. Yeah. But it, it's not like this ridiculous overbearing like burn like oh i i don't know if i should try that it's gonna be really really spicy yeah it's not a spicy beer it's yeah, well I, done yeah I, I agree obviously for the people that that have listened to the show you guys know that we're big big lake fans they're in holland michigan you can find their beer pretty much everywhere i think they're in myers now um they're in sicilian's market obviously all of the craft it, beer stores like, readily they're, available they're anywhere. doing such a good job distributing and getting like Everything that they are making and giving it for everybody across the state of Michigan. Yep. And and it's awesome, but uh, the tap room's awesome as well. We actually went, did an episode. Man, when was that? Was that in the fall that we did that episode? Yeah, sometime between summer and fall. Yeah, we did the episode at their uh, brew house, which was cool. 
like where they brew all the beer. That, those guys were awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, check out Big Lake and, and let them know that you guys heard about this beer um, on, on our podcast. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Before we move on, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. Uh, they are open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on, from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The hops is perfect for whatever you have. Did I already say that? I already said that. Me, I'm really struggling. Uh, they're becoming <laughs> a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Um, they have Taco Tuesday, which is you can get a taco for three. Or uh, sorry, a taco, any taco for two fifty. Pair it with their seltzer for three bucks. You get a nice little meal there. Um, we did have a comment coming here. So Carrie, uh, she is drinking. What is she drinking? Oh shoot, it just went away. There it is. Uh, she has two tonight. I don't know. Are we going to allow that? Are we going to allow that? Easy. It's a Tuesday. Jeez. Two, two for Tuesday. You have two kids <laughs> sleeping. Two, two for Tuesday. <laughs> um, but her Michigan beer is White Flame Brewing Company. What What is that one? Loop, Lupal. Loop, oh. Lupalunatic. 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 That's a great beer. Lupalunatic. Yeah? Oh, I love that beer. It's a great it's IPA. Be it is an IPA, though? Yeah. Nice. Um, thank you for sharing that, Carrie. But yeah, going back to the hops, uh, they have the new mahi mahi tacos, not your father's grilled cheese and smothered fries, uh, all added to the menu. They have really great Friday specials. Those burgers that they're posting on the, on their social media, those look insanely good. That not your father's grilled cheese. Have you had that? I have not yet. I gotta I gotta get out there, man. I gotta oh. get some of this stuff. All right, we gotta try it. All right, um, the hops is the official brewery of Saint My Sports in 2022. And if you mention State of My Sports, you might get a nice little discount off your first beer. Also, keep an eye out. We, I think, we're this. We're ninety nine point nine percent sure that we're gonna do our draft night party there. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do a live stream, and hopefully, some listeners that want to come watch the draft with us we might even have an open mic for 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 guests that want to jump on. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we're we're still working out the details. Look for our social media. Look for all that good stuff. It'll be out there. Um, as soon as we know, and I'll share it, obviously, on the Is podcast. Is that per yeah. your inside sources? Inside sources, oh, yes. yes. My I, sources are telling me this. NHL draft, right? Yes, NHL draft in, okay. in mid-June. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> no, the NFL, NFL draft, which is <laughs> Carrie. She, she always ready to correct me when when the NFL draft is. But when is it? Like <laughs> May, right? Late May? <laughs> April. April. Late April? No. April 24th? It's, April 24th? it's late April. All right, I got to get it on the calendar so I just remember this you, moving forward. But poor guy thinks it's going to be in August next time. Don't worry, uh, you're about to turn to the right page on that calendar. <laughs> <to put it laughs> on this is one of those days. But anyways, we're going to jump into our Detroit Tigers segment. MLB reached a deal. They right? did. They did. Oh, they have a deal. Goodness. And guess what? T-ball. Nobody gives a flying f what they agreed about. Nobody cares what the new rules are. Nobody cares the CBA and how much the owner's getting paid, how much the player's getting paid. So I'm not going to break that down. You know what matters? Play ball. Baseball. Baseball's back. I think opening day technically starts, or sorry, uh, spring training. I think there's some teams that play on Thursday, but Tigers play on Friday. I cannot wait to take a break from NCAA basketball and turn on the (laughs) Tigers and listen to that and just just sit and absorb (laughs) it because I'm so freaking pumped. 
that we have baseball. I, I cannot wait to have like just sit back and drink a beer and watch and listen to the Tigers. I can't wait to have a half day of work. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna do that for opening day like we always do. That's a good point. We got Like gotta, we haven't done in two years. It's been a while. It's been a while. But the Detroit Tigers are back and we're really excited. Let's so go. so spring training. Um they've reported first game is Friday at one oh five against the Phillies. Uh, they will play in eleven straight days, have a day off, and play eight straight more um, before one more day off, and then the home opener Oof. on Friday, April eighth, uh, against the division rival Chicago White Sox, who won the division last year with ninety three wins, um, and they are highly f- the heavy favorites again this year at minus two fifteen to win the division. Minus 215. So, like, if you look at all of the different odds of the division winners, they have the best odds to win their division. I may or may not have just put money on the Tigers to win the division. Oh. Oh. We'll see if that. Let's go. It's not part of Wednesday parlay, though, so don't don't, don't buy into that one, you know. So Um, so you're buying dinner in October? Yeah, exactly. Um, But anyways, I don't know really what, what to talk about. I guess I just came up with a couple of spring training goals. And and if you guys okay. have something that you yeah, want to bring it. up, um, I, I'd be interested. Is And the first one for me is, is solidify the the rotation. And what I mean by that, so obviously you have, um, shoot, I don't have it. You have the, um, oh my gosh, where'd it go? You there got it. Is. You have Eduardo Rodriguez, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning. But that fifth starter is still wide open right now. They're they're penciling in um, Tyler Alexander, and, and and the way that this Tigers organization's built right now is they don't really have somebody ready to take over that fifth starter. Now Michael mm. Fulmer might be able to challenge for that, I think. But either way, if you have Tyler Alexander or Michael Fulmer as your your fifth starter, and then the other one out, out there that like can do some spot starts like you you have such small room for for air here like if so, a guy starts struggling and starts getting beat up and you have to put him right. on the like you have nobody that can just come in and, and take over you know what i mean and you got to find that depth somewhere um I, and i just don't think that it's going to be inside the organization so you, you know you, you're you're anticipating them reaching out into free agency or trading for someone to I, come in and fill that spot I feel like they have to. Yeah. I, I I really do. Um, it's it's the the that's gonna be a big problem because you still have really young guys like Matt Manning was on a major pitch count last year inning count. All, I mean Casey Mize and Scooble they were all on inning counts. Like you can't just throw these guys to the wolves and expect them to be true top end starters that you're throwing them to be in. You know right. what I mean? Right. And look, I'm not saying that this team's ready to contend for a World Series or AL t- title, it's probably not even fair to say that they're going to contend for this division because they are so far behind the White Sox. Yep. But if things are falling into place and you have one injury with the starters, like that is going to answer that question for you rather than letting the players on the field make that decision whether you're good enough or bad enough. You know what I mean? Right. And this isn't the time to play mad scientist with your, your fifth spot in that rotation. I mean, maybe two years ago, sure, when when nothing mattered. But at this point, no, you really do have to solidify that fifth spot to keep everything moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So solidifying the rotation is the first thing. The second thing for me that I really want to see during spring training, and this is going to sound odd, but let let me finish my sentence here, is find a reason to not bring Torkelson up 
for opening day and t- show me why um, Riley Green does not deserve to be up in th- during opening day. And I say that as you either play these guys or show us why. And somebody needs to prove why they're going to start at the minors, not necessarily control, not anything else. Like, and, and everything that I'm hearing out of camp with, with A.J. Hinch, Miguel Cabrera is doing way more talking than he usually does, which is uh-huh. awesome, is everything that it sounds like. It sounds like the players want him, the coach wants him, and who wants him? Them, I, sh- I guess I should say. Is, them. Is okay. Torkelson Sorry. and Green to be on this Got roster it. on opening day. I feel like the way this organization has been, they're going to find every reason to not let them start uh, on opening day. Mm. Now, I need to know a name. I want to see that Derek Hill deserves that spot over a Riley Green. I want to see. Outplayed yeah, Riley. That outplay has outplayed Torkel. Exactly. And yep. Now, for me, do I want somebody to show that? No, I don't. But I'm mentally prepared to be let down by the organization that Torkelson and Riley Green are going to start at AAA. So I've already made that decision in my head. So prove me why, basically. It's not just an organizational decision. It is a, they prove, like somebody took their spot. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I want to see during spring training. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I probably won't believe it. I don't think anybody will. Um, but... That's what. That's really the the goal for me is is to show me why they're not going to start because I just don't expect them to. What is your gut telling you with these guys? Do you think they're going to start up at, at the MLB this year, or are they going to go down to AAA? Oh, um, God, I, the the Torkelson one is hard because he he has his ceiling is so darn high. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, and I, I, I don't, I haven't heard a, a lick out of spring training or uh, camp. I, yeah. I, I, just, I don't yeah. know. Um, but my gut, my gut tells me that Torkelson will make it, and Riley Green's not even close. Okay. In like not not even like fringe. I I don't know why I think that. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah. I want to see both of them start. Just out of selfishness. Yep. Yeah. Same here. But other than that, that's that's what my gut tells me that Torkelson's a lot closer for some reason, and Riley Green's not even going to see a lick of what we want him to see. Yeah. I I, I hope that opening day they're both on the roster and we're we're ready to do this thing, and that I, this this organization's like that. we don't care about control, we don't care about this, we don't care about that. Like these are our best players. We're gonna put them out there and show this organ, show these fans that they want more. And I feel like Chris Illich has a great opportunity to do this. He has, he's in the doghouse with a lot of these fans. Yep. Whether it's paying, which don't get me wrong, I think the way that they're building this organization, the way that they've been patient and not overpaid for free agents, I'm okay with that. I really am. Sure. But you right need- here, right now, is your time to do it. And it's not only letting these guys play; it's about spending money. And and that's kind of where where I really wanted this conversation to go with is. Where this team is at is there's still holes, and they're roughly ninety five million dollars below the luxury tax. Ninety five below in a top seven to top five market in, in oh the MLB, I would word. say. You, That's this pathetic. is your time. Go spend your money. Go t- like I'm not expecting you guys to go spend all that ninety five million just to get to that luxury tax spot. 
but do something close. We shouldn't be a bottom tier um, payroll, period, end of story. Okay. We don't deserve that. We have the TV contracts. We have the fan base. You have a crap ton of money. I'm not going to tell somebody how to spend their money, but if you're going to own a baseball team, show me you want to own a baseball team and not just a a charity case or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, I'll go out, do my part. I'll go grab a Little C's pizza once a week. Put, raise I'll, it to six bucks. And, like, I don't care. <laughs> Extra most bestest players. <laughs> yeah, just put a little more pepperoni on it, and I'll spend six bucks, and we'll call it a wash. <laughs> no, <clears throat> you nailed it on the head, is that being that far below the luxury tax, you need to give your fans at this point something to look for. Yeah. Something to look forward to moving forward in the next five, six years, whatever it may be. And you're right. The time is now. Bring these guys up, even if they're on the fringe. No one wants to go watch Christian Derek Hill. No one. Der- well, Derek Hill. I like Derek Hill. But like, no one yeah. wants it. Yeah. They want to see Torkelson. They want to see Riley Green. Yep. Just like in Rookie of the Year, they're begging for Henry. 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 Exactly. And he calls down. He says, put the kid in. But he's not ready. <laughs> put the kid in. I don't care. He goes, you're going in. I'm what? <laughs> That's such a good movie. I no, love that movie. So put the kids in. No, I okay. I agree. I, I feel like Chris Illich is at strike two. And his strike two is when he voted. Like, Look, I don't want to bore people with the yeah. stupid voting thing that yep. went on. But he voted against something. I think it was late low or hiring the luxury tax. I don't remember exactly what it was. But he voted against something that I believe it pushed was fans the wrong way. Upping and the luxury like, tax. Yeah, and it came out that this was um, where he was at, basically. And it it, he made, it made him look cheaper. Right. Um, again, and we all have that stigma for him that he's cheap. And that was strike two, and I feel like if he doesn't put these guys on the field, and honestly, go spend more money and bring in another piece. Go get me another arm. Go get me Carlos Correa. And I don't know if he, did he end up signing with with the Astros? Like, since, uh, I didn't see since work. I think I heard that he was going to maybe like one year, forty five million dollars, something like that. Go do that yourself, Tigers. Go pay him $50 million for one year. I don't give a crap. You have the money. You're not going to handcuff yourself. You're not going to run out of money, Little Caesars. So just go spend the money. Show these fans, hey, I've effed up. I haven't done this the way I wanted. My vote was wrong. Well, this is this is going to be a reward. Is I'm going to give you the best product. And what the Tigers fans will do is they will respond. They will fill that stadium oh, yeah. day in and day out. No doubt. They will. No doubt. Because you have young talent. You have high-end talent. You have Miguel Cabrera reaching 3,000 hits uh, and like all this you stuff. You got big you money on the field. You have a lot. And then if you can contend, they will keep on coming and you will hit that $3 million or sorry, $3 million fan thing that we hit back in when we were contending. Right. Because this team, this city is striving for a true contender because we're not right. seeing it in any other sport. This is your chance, Chris Illich. It is. Right. And, and that's what I was getting at too, agreeing with you about spending more money because when you look at it what what are the what are the two three notable offseason signings it was Hobby, Erod yep, and Bias yep, right yeah so at that point with the team that was here last year and then adding those two are you going to tell me that we're even close to contending well you also bring in Barnhart Barnhart is a good catcher okay 
but still, at that point, we haven't spent what most teams spend to even make somewhat of a notable run to get bounced in the first and the wild card or yeah. the divisional Ooh. round. But yeah. we're we're not there yet. So what you're saying, I can't agree with more. Go yeah. get another piece. Go get another two pieces. Yep. It doesn't need to be three Carlos Correas or like contracts yeah. worth. Yeah, it exactly. You don't need to go break the bank right now. We're not ready to win a World Series right now. Yeah. What we're building for is in the next two to three years. Yeah, and you got to be ready to do it. And I'm telling you what, right now is the time because for me, I don't want to be heavy. I don't want to give up young assets at the trade deadline no. to bring in the missing piece. We're done doing you can that. sign the missing piece right here, right now. You got you got guys like so Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, Nick Cassianos, <laughs> Kyle Schwartz, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, do they fit what we're doing? Not maybe not. But just go do it. When we went and signed Prince Fielder, was there space for him? No, there wasn't. There was massive questions of what in the world are we going to do with all this? Are we going to move Cabrera to third? Yeah, we did. And we had one of the best teams in MLB history that never won a World Series. That See, was there. That was that opportunity was there. And yep. I just you need to be ready. This is your chance to do it. And Miguel Cabrera's contract, as awful as it can look at times, look. It's going to expire eventually. You're this much below the luxury tax. You have expiring contract. Expiring. You're not set up terribly. You're not going to handcuff yourself. So just go out and spend some money and get these guys and give the fans what they deserve, in my opinion. And you know who would be welcomed back in open arms would be Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos. But I'd On see, some sort of so Nick Castellanos is one that I'd be like, I don't want another outfielder. So I brought up Castellanos, Chris okay. Bryant. I want to save that spot for Riley Green. So if you bring in Castellanos, what does that do? That's the hard part to kind of wrap up, you know. I will That's fair. I think you make this infield even better. Go get me Carlos Correa. I don't care if it costs you $50 million for one year and let him do it because that's about what he's looking at now. Like they're not gonna, he's not gonna get a long term deal with what we're looking at, and go out, give them a show me deal, right. and and make it happen because this team deserves it, and these fans deserve it. And as of an hour ago, according to MLB trade rumors, the Astros and the Cubs are in on Carlos Correa. Tigers unlikely. Well, that's a problem. With Javi Baez, right? So I mean, do it. How many infielders are we gonna sign? Well, I mean, we would have uh, Candelario at third. You can move Correa to short. Move uh, Javi Baez to second. Scope can be first baseman slash DH and have him part of that group, and I mean, he could probably play outfield too. Like, there's there's room for this type of thing. That's a that's a AL like contender type offensive line lineup right there. It is. Make it would be move. absolutely sick. And if you do the right thing and move Cabrera down in the lineup, t- relieve him some of the pressure being three and four, and you have true three and four guys in that position. Holy smokes! Like this lineup would get insanely good quick like what stuff that we were seeing when they were contending and that's what it, we're one player away go pay for that player and if it's not working out trade him at the deadline and get more potential players it's very simple to me you know what's crazy is right now we could go get Korea. we could just go here you here's could some dough go get Korea and be come on Tons of money underneath the, the cap. I know. It's wild. Is he is he looking for like a long-term big contract? He was, but it sounds like he's willing to go with like a short-term show-me deal type thing with everything that happened this year. With like a contender, right? Which, I mean, just do the same type of 
offer you did earlier, what what they allegedly offered, it was like a ten year with a six year opt out, not a ton of money, but like tons of incentives. Go give them that same offer and be like, hey, <laughs> it's still there. Do you want it? Like, I think that's the way to do it. Because also, Javi Baez isn't killing your cat because he has that second year opt out. So if he's doing well, I mean, you're you're set up so well with the young guys. And and you look at this roster. You got Akil Badu, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez, Jamer Condelario. Uh, Jonathan Scope, Miguel Cabrera, Spencer Torkelson, Tucker Barnhart, Victor Reyes. Cross out Victor Reyes and put in Riley Green there, and then add uh, Correa to that. Oh man, you like you're setting yourself up for one of the best young slash veteran, just high upside offensive lineups. And not to mention you're not sacrificing defense either. It, it'd be insanely good defensively. Imagine adding Correa and going to the stadium. Day one. Dude. Opening day I'm, at Comerica, sold out, guaranteed. They would sell out these games <laughs> so stinking fast, it would be absolutely insane. Yep. Because you didn't only go out and get a shortstop, you went out and got a really good second baseman too with Javi Baez then. Yep. And you're set, like, you're going to sell so many tickets, and, and you're going to make hand over fist. If you don't do that, I, I don't think, I what you did in the offseason, as much as I, I liked what they've done, it's not the type of moves that is going to sell out day in and day out. Where whether you're no. good or you're bad, people are going to be waiting for you to be good when if you go out and add another piece. Yep. And 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 not to mention just the lineup and like add that, but you could also go add an arm. Go add a Zach Grinky. Have him be your number five over Tyler Alexander. I'm sorry, but Cheap do deal. it. Cheap deal. Just like go spend money, Chris Illich. Show me that you can be an owner. Show these fans that you care because. People don't think you do, and I, I think that's the, the biggest problem right here. Um, Can we start a new hashtag? Hashtag do it for dad. Do it, do it for dad? Something, yeah. Do or, it for dad? Or yeah. The, it, oh, yes. Oh, I like that. Or the increase, do it for dad. increased price of uh, hot and ready pizzas. You know? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Hashtag <laughs> we don't know, you got $6 hot and ready. <laughs> Creative. Look <Bucket. laughs> Exactly. Um, but I don't know. My gut says that I, I really think, we're going to be let down, and and I'm very nervous oh, yeah. for that. Um, one thing Miguel Cabrera said uh, that I thought was very interesting with him, he's, basically the question was like, are you okay being a, a DH this year? Um, he's, he basically said, I'm okay with being a DH in 2022 because Torkelson should be first baseman, and he should be in that lineup every day. So Boom. that's what I want to hear from, from Miguel Cabrera. Um, he was asked a little more about him. He said they're really good. He said of Torkelson and Green, have you seen them? Have you seen them play? They're really good. <laughs> so, didn't uh, Jonathan snap. Scope also like give some credit to the young guys too, I, like I, to play a little bit of first base? Like he doesn't want to be a full time first baseman in a way, but, but he would. I mean, he's he would be all right with him being their full. time I thought first he was baseman. a fine first baseman. I really yeah, do. His, his bat made up for whatever defensive like deficiency he might have had. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then they just I don't know. Make make something happen. So, what do you guys think, Tigers fans? Get tell us what you guys think. So Cabrera didn't say. Oh, I'm a AL pennant winning first baseman, and just end it there. <laughs> no, he he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did. <laughs> if it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. We're gonna get into uh, some of the frenzy of the NFL. Free agency. 
before we do that, I did want to talk more of the the Lions housekeeping, if you will, and stuff that they they've been they've been doing. Um, I'm gonna try to go through these pretty quick. Sweeping up. Uh, Tim Boyle resigned. Uh, hey, Evan hey. Brown resigned. Uh, C.J. Moore resigned. Nobody cares about those necessarily. <laughs> A couple things that they did that was very interesting was they resigned Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. Uh, Josh Reynolds, he he's gonna he signed a two year deal with a max value of twelve million. Uh, I think there's some incentives in there that, that makes it the twelve, but I, otherwise I think it's ten. Um, but you're not hurting yourself with that. When he came in as, as the the number one wide receiver, just having the wide receiver body that this organization needed, and, and I think Jared Goff needed mostly, um, was very uh, evident. Like it was obvious that that's that was important. It made the team better. It made the offense better. It made them more of a threat, more dynamic um, in multiple ways rather than running the ball on third and nine. Um, so that was very important. I'm okay with re-signing him the way that they did. It doesn't hurt you. Um, but with the Cleef Raymond, he's more of the Swiss Army Knife type player. He's not going to be a wide receiver, especially once we get into another one of these signings that um, is interesting. Uh, but he, he can come in and be him. You know, he can be the Swiss Army Knife. He can get the ball out of the backfield. He can be the punt returner. All of that stuff that uh, this organization needs uh, but doesn't rely on too much either. You're not breaking the bank for it. Um, but the one that – so sticking with the, with the wide receivers, DJ Chark. So they gave him a one-year, $10 million, fully guaranteed um, contract. He's the, the guy out of uh, the Jaguars, right? Jacksonville, yeah. Yep. Was he draft? He was drafted by by Jacksonville, correct? I believe so. Um, he was drafted, I think, in the second round, if I remember correctly. I think I have that on I'll here. I get you. Actually. Uh, I actually have it. Yeah, he was drafted with pick sixty one of the second round in the two thousand eighteen draft. He scored a nine point nine four out of RA in the RAS rating, out of a possible ten. This ranked him fourteenth out of the two thousand and twenty eight. Wide receivers from 1987 to 2018. Um, that was basically based on his combine scores. He had an incredible scores. He ran a nine, or, or sorry, he. Oh shoot, my, the font's getting a little small here. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I mean, he's he's a wide receiver body. He's similar to um, four three four forty. Four three four. All right, thank you. Yeah. Um, but he's he's six four, 198 pounds, but he's fast right like yeah. this dude he's going to be your downfield threat he's going to be your he's your, he walks into this place and he's your number one and if you that makes josh reynolds your number two slash one or sorry two two slash three with an i'm on ross a brown as your two slash three like that is a massive step in the right direction with the depth that this is creating in in this wide receiving core look we're not the chiefs we're not we it's not like we have a uh, Devontae Adams. We don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. That's not what any of these guys are. Not yet. It's not a Randy Moss, but what it is is you're building a foundation of guys that can actually play the position. Yeah. And with the emergence of Ra- Amon Ross St. Brown, that was huge as a, a fourth-round pick, was he, I think? I mean, it, it's massive, and you're bringing in another guy that c- can fit. And if the, this organization is going to sign a guy, low risk, high reward, $10 million one year, if he plays five games and you cut him, you're not hurting your rebuild. And that's what no. this organization is still doing, is rebuilding. 
he's young. He's 25 years old. We didn't just go out and sign some veteran wide receiver to a one-year deal that like we've been known to yeah, do. Yeah, like Terrell, like Terrell Williams and uh, Danny um, Amendola and yeah. guys like that. Guys that might have been beyond their prime. And he played at LSU. LSU has a history of producing good wide receivers into the, you know the NFL and. But he, I mean, he did a lot in Jacksonville with very little to work with. Yeah, I feel like a guy like Jared Goff could take advantage of a guy. He like had a this. thousand, a thousand yard uh, year, a couple years ago uh, with the, the 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 mustache guy. Yeah, Minshew. Gardner. Minshew. Yeah, Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Gardner. 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 He's yeah. a gardener. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Throwing the football. No. I, like as as much as I'm not a big, I'm not sold on Goff necessarily. I think Goff's better than Gardner Minshew. Well, <clears throat> Yes. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I think he's getting into a better system. You know, something that was very broken and going down, you know, the the wrong path down in Jacksonville. I mean, you you have a very sustainable offensive line in Detroit. You have you have an average QB. You know, he, he can he can flash greatness every once in a while. Gavridge is a good um, Gavridge. Good, good slash average. Hey, that's nice. Gavridge. Gaffridge. Gaffridge. Um No, I, I think he's going to be a good fit. I mean, he he can propel himself into that number one spot, kind of like what you were saying, and he's going to help make all those other guys around him better. Yeah, I, I agree. And he allows Amon Ross St. Brown to be Amon Ross St. Brown. He allows... Um, TJ Hawkinson to not be your number one option on the field, right? When TJ Hawkinson's on the field, you like, might you might watch Hawkinson get even more dangerous now. Yeah, I mean, you look at this offense now, and and this is prior to draft. I mean, we'll see. It, I I don't think this signing changes um, the potential of, of drafting somebody in the first round with it, whether it's uh, or let's say second round at thirty two or thirty four. Um, you have that ability still. It doesn't put you in a bad situation, and it also allows you to kind of take a risk on a guy. Like, let's say Jameson Williams, who you don't need to produce right away, mm-hmm. falls to you. You can take him and be like, hey, yeah, don't push it, dude. Yeah, let's check your health. Yeah. <laughs> George Pickens, another guy. It's like, yeah. yeah. Right. If he's falling, it's like, all right, yeah, we'll take you. Let's not rush anything. I think uh, the last couple of years in the NFL, you've seen how um, important it is to have these wide receivers that you can take advantage of while they're on their rookie contracts. Yep. Because they're going to get paid. The, the running back position is starting to become obsolete in the NFL, and guys are, you know, they're spending their money on these wide receivers. So I, I'm still a fan of maybe using that late first round or early, you know, your first, second, second round, round pick yeah. and grabbing another guy and getting them while they're young and try to get the best you can out of Jared Goff because we got to know now whether or not he's worth our investment in the future. And and, and that's a, that is, I think, the best point of them all is right now you have a wide receiver core. Is it elite? No. But it's good enough to know what you have with your quarterback. It's leaps and bounds better than last year's already. Exactly. You know, we, if, were, we were all high on Terrell Williams coming in, right? Williams? Yeah, yep, yep Terrell Williams. Um, and then to, Perriman was another yeah, one. And, yeah. and none of those guys uh, saw the playing field in Detroit. And, yeah. Uh, we got to do what we can and, like I said, get some youth. What, what, this, what this does is it lets you know, all right, is Goff – good enough is he serviceable i'm not saying give the guy another contract and make him your your foundation i'm not saying that but is he the problem that's when you can start learning all right do we go sign a guy do we go draft a guy all of these things or are we sitting okay that we're building an offense in a creative type scheme that fits jared goff you know what i mean like now weapons 
are no longer the excuse when it comes to Jared Goff, in my opinion, assuming people are healthy and, and things are falling into place. That is no longer the excuse. We will know this time next year, Jared Goff, is he your quarterback again or is he out of this this league? And that's what I think they're building right now is to know, are you the problem or are you good enough? Can we can we buy another year with him? Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or are we going to have to completely uh, right the ship with him and look at somebody next year in the draft? Exactly, um, because if you don't draft somebody this year, which I'm 100% against drafting somebody this year, but if you don't, you 100% have to draft one next year. And I don't think... Where we're sitting now. Yeah, but, the, and, but if Goff can go out and show you, no, you don't have to draft somebody, now you're... You can upgrade in two spots for two first-round picks again. It'd be kind of interesting to see what the NFL like free agency at the quarterback position is looking like next year, too. I think this year was the big year. That's why you're seeing a lot of guys move and swap teams. But next yeah. year might be a different story. And if you're relying on the draft, I'd rather have you know a good performance out of Jared Goff this year and maybe give him a, a little bit of an extension. Again, you don't have to make him the, the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years to come. Yep. But if we can get him another year and have all these youthful weapons around him, I mean... Or or go. at there least not have to cut him, because I think he's he's got two years after this. I think he's on a three-year deal currently, okay. but he's very cut eligible for that third year. So it's yeah. like you're sitting at a point where you can make that decision, you know? Right. Where, I, I don't know, I think they're setting themselves up very well. I, I love the signing of... Um, the re-signing of Josh Reynolds and the signing of, of DJ Chark. Again, I'm not saying this guy's going to be top seven wide receiver in the league, but he's way better than what we were dealing with last year. And he's, I mean, and he's we're going to learn a lot. Got the size and athleticism, and you're seeing that too. Like uh, I think of Mike Williams in San Diego got a huge contract. Same thing, big body, yep. big frame. He put up big numbers. He, if we can, you know, get that kind of production out of DJ, I, I think it's a wise investment for the short term. Yep, and, and you're not taking any risk. If you went out and signed Allen Robinson, which I don't know if his contract, is, if he's been signed or, or anything yet, but he's going to get paid. Like, what? Who is the the guy that went to the Jags? Who is that wide receiver? Sorry, I, uh, I'm putting you guys on the spot who? here. Went the, to the, the Jags, Jags from who? The Jags signed a wide receiver. Zay Jones and yeah. Christian Kirk. Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk from Arizona got absolutely paid. Overpaid. I don't want to be spending that type of money Overpaid. on a, a average or less than average wide receiver. And they, what we did here, like that's what we would have to do if we we're going to get like, yeah. Allen Robinson. He's looking to get paid. DJ Chark is looking to get a bridge deal and be like, look, I am legit in this league. I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to get paid. And who's going to have the first chance to pay him? The Detroit Lions, yeah, if they I, want to. I think DJ DJ got paid as like a number two with the, the ceiling of a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Where Christian Kirk got paid like a number one, and he'll never probably be a number one. Exactly. I mean, he was a number three in Arizona in a way. Yep. Um. So, I don't know. Like I said, short term, it's a, a short deal. It's, and get it, the most out of him. Let's just pray that he's healthy and we get you know a full season out of him. It's exactly what this, this team needed, and, and I absolutely love it. And He might do absolutely nothing, but again, it's not going to hurt the rebuild. We're still rebuilding. This team is still rebuilding. And, and the other signings that we're going to bring up here um, kind of tell that picture. Uh, they re-signed Alex Anzalone. Um, look doesn't he wasn't going to get paid anywhere else really any, that great or anything but he fits what you did he fits with the coaches he likes it here allegedly like all of those type of things you know it works does it work great no but it works if you can't get that other guy and linebacker they did the same thing with Tracy Walker good enough safety elite no but he fits what we're doing he had a good year last year and 
getting him to stay is just as important as signing another guy, in, in my opinion. I, I enjoy that. So he's getting uh, three years, $25 million, um, for Tracy Walker. And, I, and I, I'm going to put a bow on, on all of these this, these signings here. Um, they also re-signed Charles Harris to two years, $14 million. Again, not breaking the bank, not getting a game changer necessarily, but a guy that fit, had a good year, and works in the system that this organization is trying to do. And what all of these signings are, are telling me is you're filling needs, but you're not erasing them. You know what I mean? Like if a line, let's say, um, who, who's the the linebacker out of Georgia? Um, Nicobe oh Dean. Nicobe Dean. Let's say Nicobe Dean has a bad uh, pro day. I think in a couple days, might even be tomorrow. And he continues to to go down on the draft because his measurables aren't there. Well, if he falls to thirty two or thirty four, you still have room to take him because you signed Alex Anzalone. You didn't fill a need and put yourself in a spot that well we can't draft a, a linebacker that high now. Same thing with with an edge rusher. You got Charles Harris. Well, we're not overpaying him. We have other guys, but all right, do we have to take Aiden Hutchinson? No, we don't have to take Aiden Hutchinson now. We don't need Aiden Hutchinson to fall. We don't have we don't need an edge rusher. We can do best player available. And I know people hate saying that because people really like to get into the needs that we need to fill. Just get the best player available. There and is nothing wrong with best player available. Especially when you're in the middle of a rebuild, and I'm gonna continue to say that. We are still in a rebuild. We are very excited of what we saw last year. It was god awful. We have the number two overall pick. It was awful. The defense was awful. The offense was <laughs> less than awful. Like I mean, it was not pretty. And Correct. they didn't upgrade. They didn't do anything. But the, what they did is they built. They're continuing to. They they're setting the foundation, and they'll add the best player available at random positions who's available, and continue to build it. You're not filling. You're not erasing the need. You're not filling the need. You are putting a band aid over it for now. You're not hurting your rebuild. You're not putting yourself in this cap hell like the Jags are doing by overspending, in my opinion, with all these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really exciting. You can spend all this money because you have it. Well, that doesn't mean you're spending your money wisely. And the Red Wings seem – or sorry, the Red Wings. I saw it oh. on the screen. The, <laughs> the Pistons – oh, my gosh. Now I'm looking at the Pistons. Whoa. The Lions are spending their money wisely, in my opinion. And I, I love what they're doing. They're getting the guys that they seem to fit for them. Sorry, yeah, I've been I don't. A bunch here. I mean, honestly, as a fan of the Lions, don't expect anything sexy. Don't expect anything just off the charts right now. They are building the right off the way. Charks. Chark. Off the charts. Off the charts. Off the charts. Off the charks. You know, maybe chark do That is hilarious. Shark week. You should try and sell that to their marketing team at Ford Field. Oh, I'm sure they're already on top of that. Um, no, but you know. Count your blessings, because you could be a Giants fan and be six and a half million over the cap right now with nothing, nothing. to <laughs> exactly. show for it. So, put that in perspective. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Just enjoy the ride for what it yep. is, and, and look forward to that that three year, four year, five year mark. Yeah, and and what this is is. It's allowing them to continue to be patient. I, th- I know we were talking like with, with the questions of, of Aaron Rodgers of what he's going to do. Is it time to pull the trigger and, and be that next best team? 
is as exciting as that would be? No. Not yet. We're set at a point in this 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 regime has a vision of what they want this team to become. You can continue to stick with that. And these signings are telling you we have a vision. Yep. We don't love you. We like you. You work for now. We're going to give you a little bit of money to keep you around until we're done with you. Right. And, you, you and they're they're able to be patient. They're able to be they're able they upgraded, but they're also being very very patient. And they can still like suit a full roster, put them all out on the field. You know, it's not like we opened a void to close one. We yeah. kept them all closed. And um, I, I don't know, Anzalone. I think that's a, a solid resign too. Like a, a guy that's in that culture. If at, at the very least, whoever we bring in through the draft, he'll be a guy that he can show the ropes. Nope, I agree completely. I, I and not not to mention Derek Barnes too, who kind of fits that linebacker mold too, uh, of a young guy that. I mean. We'll see if he takes this, the strides in the right the right direction. But I mean, it feels like they're kind of done with with their their free agency, right? Um, you don't have a ton of money. Um, there's not a ton of names out there. I, I know they're the the safety that uh, the Saints were getting rid of. Um, I think he went to the Ravens, right? Yeah, Marcus Williams. Uh, he went to the Ravens on a five year, seventy million dollar contract. Uh, that includes $70 million guaranteed. That was a big name that I think people were talking about, especially yep. with our hole at safety. Right now, I mean, safety's still on the table. So if Kyle Ham- – say you trade down and you can get Kyle Hamilton at 5 or 7 or 10 or whatever it is. Do it. You can do it because it works. You have a split safety. You run a split safety defense. So because you have Tracy Walker doesn't mean you can't get somebody right there next to him. Right. Lewis Seen, another guy. If you like him at 34, 32, take him. You're not – there's, you cannot not take a position now, because there's a hole. You can Correct. upgrade everywhere, and and it's. Just, I think they're setting this thing up, and I love the patience that this they seem to be having with with their thing because they right. could have gone out and overpaid for a guy or two, but what good does that do when you're in rebuild mode? And you also get compensatory picks. Yeah, so th- that actually came out uh, before like pre-show. Did you have yeah, that? Yeah, about Still? 5 o'clock today or so. Was it? Yeah. So the Lions, they did get those ad- yes. uh, assigned to them, right? What, yep. What, what yep. did they get? So you got three picks. So in round three, you get pick 97. In round five, pick 177. In round six, pick 217. Okay. So the the third round one, that's the, the, highest, that, that's the highest you can get for a comp- compensatory pick, I believe. And that was because of Galladay signing... The deal that he did, right? Um, which, sorry, going back to DJ Chark, if he has an unbelievable year and goes and signs a big deal elsewhere, well, that's a compensatory pick that you're going to get. Exactly, similar to the Galladay one. But, anyways, is Kate Cunningham not playing today? No, he's out. I wish I would have known that before I put money on this game. Yeah, he had a big game the other night. Almost had a triple double, like yeah. one, one assist away. Twenty-five, eleven, and nine, I think. Dang, I had them part of the parlay winning this game. So hopefully, let's go. I mean, they're they're in it, so I, I guess I yes, shouldn't complain too much. But anyways, um, any other notable um signings that that really stood out to you here, Micah? That um, that other other teams have been doing, and, and it's not really a signing, but I think let's get this one out of the way. It was the Deshaun Watson rumors that are being talked about? So for the people that missed it, he's he's not going to get criminal charges. Is that correct? Yeah, technically. It's all civil suit? Yes. Um, so basically the, that sparked up the the rumor mill and the interviews of um, trying to get this guy traded. Um, 
do you think the the Lions should have been part of that conversation, or, or where would you go with that? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I, I think so. I think they should have prior to all of these lawsuits coming out. I think they had the capital, and, like again, like Matt Stafford wanted out. Um, if he could have lined up some type of three-day or a three-team trade, Obviously, I'm I'm not a fan of a quarterback that's got all of this hanging over top of his head. Yeah, you know, kind of categorize that with like a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. I don't want any part of that. If I'm yeah. an organization, um, but I don't know. Ah, I just feel like Detroit's got a good spot in the draft between round one and two. To I, I hate to just see him just get rid of all of that just yeah. for, just for Deshaun Watson and not knowing yep. whether or not he's going to. That, step that's kind of where I'm at too. It's like I would love to see the ownership kind of be aggressive and in you know in okay a trade like that. But this is the first time we've been in rebuild mode since Stafford was drafted, really. So I want to I want to be patient. I really do, and I feel like getting rid of the assets that we traded for Stafford, like Deshaun Watson, I think is an upgrade to Stafford. I, I do. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I think they should do it. I, I really don't. And I'm okay with the patience. I'm okay with somebody else overpaying for this type of trade and not to mention that he could get suspended still and we don't know any of all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm okay with staying out of it uh, and just being patient with, with what you're doing here. But, Michael, any, any other signings that kind of stood out to you here that you wanted to bring up? Um, some interesting ones to me would be the J.C. Jackson one, uh, the Chargers signing him because – there was a lot of talk about him getting tagged from New England, and they didn't decide to tag him, and they didn't extend him. And the Chargers swooped in, took him for five years. Five years on $82.5 million. Yeah, and what the Chargers are doing is very interesting because they also yeah. went and traded for Khalil Mack. Yep. And I they're, mean, they're making they, a run. They're making a run. They, they know they have something to build here. They got one of the Bosa twins, right? Or brothers. Brother, I mean, yeah, brothers, yeah. They have yeah. a Bosa. Big, big nose Bosa. Man, yeah. I just keep see, I keep hearing rumors of them like trading up potentially for, for like a Jordan Davis. Wow. And can you imagine like how good this defense is going to be on top of a, a pretty solid offense yeah, too? They, they already had a decent defense, you know, and bringing these guys. But then, yeah, that offense is insane with Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah. And that division. That division Ooh, is yeah. scary right now. Yeah. With Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson stepping in in Denver too. Um, yeah, and right. they also just got Randy Gregory. Yeah, which was interesting. Did you guys see how all that went down? Yeah, so like Gregory. he agreed. He agreed yeah. to a deal with the yeah. Cowboys and then backed out or something Ooh. based on verbiage or something like that. Um, the other one that you already mentioned was uh, Christian Kirk, just heavily overpaid. Yeah, so he went in to the my Jags. Opinion. What did, what did he get? He got $72 million for four years. That includes $37 million guaranteed and has a max value yeah, of $84 million. Uh, absolutely insane. Yeah, that's like with all the player incentives, right? If he hits the right numbers yeah. and gets enough catches and yards. Uh, yep. But I don't know if he'll make that much overall in Jacksonville. I, I just – I don't think that's a system where he can flourish that well, and I just don't think that he's the right player to take that step. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've talked about drunken sailor money with it with the Tigers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, we're not going to go do that, is what Avila said or Avila or whatever you want to call him. Um, and I feel like <laughs> what the Jags are doing is they're spending a crap ton of money because they just they they're trying to figure something. So they also went out and got. Um, uh, well, they gave Cam Robinson their offensive tackle uh, the tag. 
They also went out and, and uh, re-signed uh, Tyler Shatley, which is an offensive lineman. But then they, I thought they went out and, and got uh, somebody else from from an offensive line standpoint. Oh yeah, the guard Brandon Sh- uh, Sheriff. Brandon um, they signed him a three-year deal for forty-nine point five million dollars. Uh, that includes thirty guaranteed and thirty-three million in the first two years. Um, they're they're bolstering that that offensive line. Also, they they went out and got tight end Evan Ingram from the Giants. Man, I mean they're they're spending a crap ton of money to try to make this thing turn around quicker than. Uh, I think money can buy. Yeah, I mean, they got all that cap space from not having to pay Urban Meyer, right? Afford some of these guys. <laughs> That's a good point. So I've got one more, unless yeah, you've got yeah. a few. No, keep going. Yeah, you're uh, good. The Michael Gallup one was interesting to me. For the, the Cowboys. So yeah, right. first of all, it's kind of like a, a, a puzzle piece that they're putting together. So they traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns after they were saying that they were going to release him. Right. But then they went out and signed Michael Gallup to fifty-seven five, mm-hmm. and that's five-year deal. Five like that's years. a lot of money for a guy that has kind of been a a background guy for, yeah, for that. Exactly. For the, is that is that he, a fair way to call yeah, he, it? He missed some time last year, right? He was yeah, hurt. he was out most of the ha- year. Hammy or knee uh, or yeah. something. Right. So do you do you think that's a good thing or like was that just like <laughs> odd to you? Like, if you're a fan of another <laughs> NFC team, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Cowboys are losing guys and overpaying for more. Like, well, yeah. yeah, to to me, if I were a Cowboys fan, I'd be irate. Yeah. Like basically, from from a fan standpoint, losing Cooper and then just the money was dominating with uh, with Michael Gallup, and that's just. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then um, down south, it looks like Miami's getting in on the uh, Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes here. So they're uh, taking care of that guy down there. And, um, you know, the the Bears, I love seeing the Bears kind of flop. I hate the Bears. Yeah, where they got one guy on their free agent list. Yeah, just a whole lot of nothing. They they believe in Justin Fields. I don't. He looks terrible. I love it. Um, and then uh, you know, finally, uh, on my personal end of things, Rogers got his deal figured out, and you know, it's his cap hit was dropped almost eighteen million. So that that's huge from Green Bay standpoint. But in three years, ooh boy, it gets ugly in the cap. Yeah, it's like a kind of what do they say? It's like a front-loaded contract, right? So there's a lot of like gray area later on for Aaron Rodgers to help free up some room to maybe bring in enough guys to for for the next year or two. Yeah, yes, but to, in in year three and four, his hit is between fifty and sixty million. Yeah, that's insane. So, yeah, I mean, good for you know NFC North rivals, you know, in the next you know three four years. Um, man, nothing else. Well, you know, for hometown ties for Detroit, Quandary Diggs. You know, looks like Seattle locked him up for <laughs> quite a bit of money. I I don't <laughs> understand that. People talked about him coming back. I was like, he's old. He's not that good. Tracy Walker's the younger version of him, <clears throat> the younger, cheaper version. Just stick with that and, and upgrade it but, through the draft or some some other way. Well, like know. Seattle, what are you doing? It's weird that they 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 <laughs> you, we're selling our quarterback and more, and then we're gonna 
overpay for an aging safety. Well, it's very odd to me. Very, very odd. Why? Yeah, I don't know. That that one's very interesting. Um, the Browns, I thought, w- was was pretty interesting. So w- with the trade for for Amari Cooper, um, they're in the talks for the Deshaun Watson stuff. That one's interesting. Uh, keep an eye on them. They're they're an interesting team because I think they're built pretty well. Um, and and I mean, if they go out and get Deshaun Watson, and then Baker Mayfield's available, like it, it could get pretty crazy in this league here soon. Oh, and my guy ended up on their team today. Who was who that? Chase Winovich. That's right. He my was, man. He was traded from the Patriots to Cleveland. For straight up, right? Getting a little, for, uh, getting a little closer. Mac Wilson. Yeah. Is that who it was? Mac Wilson, straight up. Yep. Man, how do you think Ohio fans are going to take to, to Winovich? <laughs> I don't know. I saw him on Twitter, though. He he's, gonna, like, he's like, Cleveland! <laughs> and everyone's just going crazy. Is he on a revenge tour to play against the Patriots? <laughs> oh. or no? I don't know how that's going to go, but... Uh, no, but I, I I love the free agency frenzy, and and it's it's fun to see kind of things uh, unpack because it changes everybody's mindset for when it comes to the drafts. Quickly, you know what I mean? Like yep. three days ago, it's a completely different mock draft than what we're going to see on Friday, and, oh, yeah. and it changes quick, and you're starting to get a, an idea of what it's actually going to turn into. Look, mock drafts are mock drafts. As fun as they are, they're never correct. The next forty eight hours are going to be completely wild. Yeah. You still have a lot to go. Is the pick it? No. All right. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just excited to see how, how things continue to un, 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 unfold. I have one player that caught my eye in the free agency list that you sent out for other teams, Sam. And this was, was going to be my uh, flight topic earlier with the Hobbs Brewing, but I decided to go with Kyrie Irving only because I had to give a, a special shout-out to Kirk Cousins, man. He is robbing us all blind. <laughs> he is legitimately, right, legit, a 500 winning percentage quarterback, <laughs> and his career earnings are north of $161 million. So, does he have a, what is it, 436 winning percentage? Yeah, it's. Is it you have it right there or no? I don't have I don't have his winning percentage here. I'm I still was just drooling so over the money he's pocketed. I was pocketed so to mad at myself. So mediocre guy. I was like. talking with with a coworker Jeff today, and he was we were talking about golf and, and cousins and oh, well golf sucks. Well, Kirk Cousins is the man. He's a big. He loves Kirk Cousins, and, and I get it. I, I like Kirk Cousins he's for, a nice for guy. who he is as a, as a human being. Overrated quarterback. Like I'm not gonna pretend that he's. Oh yeah. And then. He he says to me, he goes, "There's not one f- stat you can find that golf is better than than uh, Kirk Cousins." And I was like, "Click, like, I bet you winning percentage is better for Jared Goff." And I and then we sat back and we <laughs> kind of discussed it. He's like, "All right, well, what's a legitimate one?" We were gonna have a lunch bet on it, and I was like, uh, "I started second guess myself," and I was like, Uh-oh. "All right, I'm not gonna make this bet." But out of curiosity, I looked it up, and Kirk Cousins, I want to say, has a four three six winning percentage, and Goff is like a six four winning percentage or something like that. Oh, Kirk Samuel. Kirk Cousins is sixty one, sixty two, and two in his career. So what is the percentage? Under five hundred. So it's six four. If you go on like his stats on on like Spot Track, it does come up. But I thought it was like a four. Yeah, it's four. But he's below five hundred, and Goff was like a. 600 over 600 or maybe it was 56 I, I don't know but it was just like i remember I, man i was so mad when i looked at it. i was like dang 
I could have got a free lunch out of this thing. <laughs> and I blew it. Four nine six. Four nine six. So he's not even a five hundred uh, guy. Oh, he's a Viking though. But he's a one hundred and sixty-one million dollars. <laughs> what is listeners? it? The last, the last three contracts have been fully guaranteed, right? Yeah, that's insane. Y- you do remember when he had that first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history? It was ninety mil. Yeah. Over three years for Kirk Cousins. Crazy. Good for him. Who's his agent? What a salesman! Oh, dude, he's, he's <laughs> whoever his agent is deserves Ooh. a. Crap ton of money. He, I wish they were my agent. I should oh, hire an agent. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Moving on. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Both Michigan and Michigan State made the tournament this year, which is awesome. Several times in a row, I think. I don't know how many, but it doesn't matter. Um, but we're going to start with Michigan State. So they finished the season 22-12 and 12 overall, 11-9 and 9 in the conference, and uh, their Big Ten tournament results um, were interesting. So I think heading into the tournament, we, we talked about this last week. It wasn't necessarily about, like, Michigan State solidifying their seed or by any means. It was basically just gaining confidence. And they they went out and they, they beat who, – who they beat? They beat Maryland again for the third time, and then went out and beat Wisconsin, who was number 12 in the country, uh, 69-63, before losing to Purdue, 75-70, due to a very poor first half, which I just bad bet here. I, I just want to get this out here. I bet on the under in this game, the the, the Michigan State-Purdue, right? Is that who I said? Yeah, Michigan State-Purdue. Yep. It was under 141.5. There was... 47 points scored in the first half. It was 27 to 20. It was ugly. Right? 27 to ugly. 20. And then it was 50 to 47 in the second half. To go over my 141 and a half points by like four points. 27 points. 27 to 20 in the first. 47 total points. I think they had what? They had... 99 points in the second half. <laughs> I literally started counting that money already. I was like, all right, I got this. This is in the bank. Like It's you, in the bag. The, like, I was convinced that was going to be a win. And now here I am with, with another loss. With a empty bag. No, yeah. Ouch. Well, not empty because I won my Wednesday parlay last week. <laughs> but anyways. Couldn't afford to pay Ryan to be here tonight. <laughs> no, yeah. He, he's, he's having a holdout. He's having a holdout for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, I mean, they, they went out, and I, I think the, the, the two wins that they had was what Michigan State needed. Now, did they do it the way that people wanted? No, probably not. It wasn't pretty. Their win against uh, Maryland, they, they almost did what Michigan did. We'll get into Michigan uh-huh. after this. But, like, it was almost ugly, and is it was exactly what Michigan State was. The highs were high, the defense was good, and then warts all over the place, you can't score a point. And then... It was just, it was exactly what people were concerned about. So as much confidence as you could get for these two wins, it just, it felt like this team is what it is. It's exactly what it is. Right? I mean, it didn't teach us anything. It just taught us that we're we're right about what Michigan State is. And and they ended up getting the number seven seed in the West region, um, which is in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I, like... 
I want to keep the Michigan stuff out of this. All in all, this yep. is the fair the fair seed. They were going to be a max of seven, unless they went out and won the Big Ten tournament. They could maybe could have snuck right. into a six right. in a low of nine. That's right. basically what they were. And right here, they they got to the seven because they got the two wins. It looks right. It feels well, right. They they got off to a really really hot start, and then about halfway through the season, started becoming their own worst enemy back and yeah. forth and then they had a little hot end to their season didn't didn't end the way they wanted it to so i think you know their their seed has a lot to do with the way they started they started out real yeah i think hot. they were what like 20 and 2 at one point or something like that it was insane it, right it was impressive and then yeah. the wheels started to kind of loosen up you know had a wheel fall off here or there Got the wheel back on, and this is where they're at. A, a, a seven seed, I think you should be happy with it. Yeah. Maybe not with your opponent. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so so game one is Friday night, 9.40 p.m. The Spartans are, are a one-point favorite currently, um, at least last night when I was putting the show sheet together, uh, and play a 10 seed who is uh, 27 and 6 overall, Davidson Wildcats. Now, Michigan State against... Davidson, it should be talent wise, Michigan State should be better. Coach wise, Michigan State should be better. It feels different because it's that 10 7, which is one of the, I mean, for the people that don't really pay attention to college basketball, including myself, that 10 7 is like the first upset you pick, usually, right? So, how do, how do they match up in this? Because I know Davidson's a good shooting team, but. Can Michigan should Michigan State be able to score at will against a team like this, John? Like, do you do you know much about it? I don't I don't know about at will, but I just know that Michigan State has a few guys on the team that have been there for a few years, and they haven't shown the type of production that you would expect out of three year guys that have seen some playing time. And like you said, these these ten sevens and eleven sixes, like those are the matchups that are intriguing to watch because it's pretty, uh, pretty much of a coin flip, just like a, a, a nine and eight seed matchup is. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I just I don't think Michigan State's clicking the way they're supposed to when you're entering a tournament like they have in years past to make a deep run. Yeah, it feels like they're set up to to lose this game. They're a one point favorite. You're the better school you're the the higher end talent the better coach the more proven coach why is it only one point that tells you that there's something about this that that vegas at least thinks davidson's the best the better team overall yeah they've improved Mm -hmm. drastically ever since or dangerous team i guess i should say since the presence of steph curry like they've only been able to recruit better at davidson too so i I just i don't know i I always just flip a coin when it comes to these type of matchups, too, and pick one. So then if Michigan State can can go out and beat Davidson Wildcats, um, they will play most likely Duke um, in the potential Ooh. second round, uh, which feels like it. You think Duke's getting through that easy, 215? I, I would assume so. I they've mean, been they've, there before in the losing end well, of that matchup. I, th- I have a feeling Coach K is kind of – Got the everything in his back pocket here. He doesn't really have to do a whole lot. I hope so, man. With these coaches, but I, hope I mean, so. it's basically set up that you're gonna get. A, and I think that's really the the biggest argument that Michigan State fans will have is like, why in the world are we playing Duke again? Like, why do we have to play Duke in the second round if we get there? It's like that. That's really where I think people are gonna have the argument of how tough it is. Um, 
the, the, the draw is, if you will. And I just look at this and I'm like, Coach K completely owns Tom Izzo. What is he? Like, I think 3-12 and 12 overall Izzo is against Coach K. Like, that that's a big discrepancy. It's a big, big difference. you look at this. This is a typical Duke team. High-end talent. Coached well. Good basketball team. Should be one of the better teams in the country. And then, but... Michigan State is not even close to what they usually are for when Michigan State got those three wins against Duke. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like Duke is where they should be, but Michigan State isn't there. So it's like, how in the world do we expect Michigan State to kind of put a run together here? I mean, is there any hope, or is it basically hope to get past the that first Davidson game so you don't get embarrassed, and then other than that, just you're going to lose, and it is what it is. Yeah, I think if you can sneak past Davidson and get matched up with Duke and hope to catch them on a bad day where they're turning the ball over a lot, Duke has a lot of young guys on the floor, that's like your only chance. It's either that or you need a, a lot of beneficial whistles from the referees because I, I I just I don't know that Michigan State's got what they need to get you know into the Sweet 16. And like you said, I personally, I feel like this was set up by the NCAA selection committee to get a – Coach K marquee matchup against another proven historic yeah. coach in college basketball on, yeah. on his little victory parade, you know? Yeah, which, I mean, state fans, like, should be excited to be like, we can be the one to put him out. We can do that to that. 100%. D- yeah. D- yeah. Wad, you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah, North Carolina did it, too, the last game at Cameron Indoor. It was kind of mm. – personally, I watched that game while I was out west. It was sad to see. I wanted Duke to win just – let him get out on his high horse and then enter the ACC tournament. You know, let yeah. him get beat by what was it, Virginia Tech? Correct. Duke, Virginia Tech lost in the yeah in the, in the yeah, yeah, ACC right. championship yeah. game. Um, but I just don't know that Michigan State fans can be that hopeful. To be honest, I'm not trying to knock them. They're from our state of my sports. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just think that's where it's at. Is I, I don't see a way that they can go on a run. I. Their their flaws are way too big. They don't have the guy that 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 bad teams can kind of just take over a game and win. You know what I mean? Um, they don't have the best guy on the court at any point, in my opinion. And it might even be against Davidson. They might not have the best player on the on the court. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's when you don't have the best player on the court. Your back's against the wall. I don't want to, like, forecast anything, but if you get matched up against Duke, Michigan State's best player is Duke's, like, fifth or sixth or seventh best player, you know? Exactly. So that's yep. where you're running into, like, those log jams, and this is why the tournament is so cool that you got that many teams that you can showcase, but I just don't see them making a run just like you, Sam. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Uh, moving over to the Michigan side, uh, Michigan finished the season 17-14 and 14 overall. <sighs> Eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Stinky. And in the Big Ten tournament, <laughs> they <laughs> stinky. All right, so let's take a step back. Like heading into the tournament, like we talked about it last week, is that win against Ohio State. It felt like that was their ticket into the big tournament. It felt like that, that's what, what what where we were laying out. But when they lost, what did they blow? Seventeen point lead. I think it was seventeen point lead. Yep. Um, to Indiana. Um, and then Indiana went on one win his second game um, as a, as another bubble team. It, it was like, holy smokes! All of a sudden, you start wondering, all right, is this team even gonna make it? Like I was like me, J- me and Joe, we got to the rink early to watch the, the selection show. We're like we're <laughs> bringing beer, we're gonna be sitting watching this thing before a hockey game. We're like, all right, well let's watch this. And they got in as an eleven seed with not even a playing game. 
which I thought was pretty, was pretty interesting. I was really surprised where, where they ended up slating Michigan. And it seems like a lot of uh, rival teams, Michigan State, Ohio State fans, were all butthurt about it. But I just Typical. sit back and I, I just look back and I'm like, okay, who deserved it more? Because we're, we're talking big picture here, right? If you're going to be so mad that Michigan got the benefit of the doubt to get an 11 seed as a non-playing game, blah, 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 Okay, who deserved it more? Because if we're talking big picture, which what college basketball uh, is, it's not about recency bias. It's not about anything. Big, big picture. It's big picture stuff. They have all these random metrics that nobody even understands. The Pythagorean wins or the quad five or quad 17 wins. Like It's all over my head. I don't give a flying you-know-what about it. It's all messed up to me, but they obviously care about it. And it's big picture things. So if you're going to tell me Michigan doesn't deserve to be there, okay, who does then? And then when you ask that question, people sh- seem to shut up because they're not going to throw anybody's an name out there. Correct. And, the, and if you do, I could pull up their schedule and be like, okay, well, what about this? Blah, blah, blah. Big picture, they were not nearly as big picture good as Michigan or right on that same page. Yeah, none of those bubble teams that were the last ones out of the bracket have a brand of basketball, anything on the same stratosphere as Michigan basketball. Yeah. I know that the Jawan Howard story kind of gave us the black eye, but let's be honest, in recent years, I think Michigan leads the way in the Big Ten with most uh, wins in the turn in the, in the NCAA tournament in like the last like six or seven years, I believe. Yeah. Um, not that like a pass should grant a team a free pass into the, because of their name, yeah, yeah, into the tournament. But I, man, I'm with you. They needed to beat Indiana, in my opinion, to move into the tournament. They needed 18 wins on the oh, season, yeah? and they ended with 17. And I was pretty skeptical that they were not going to make it. In fact, I turned Selection Sunday off as soon as they announced Michigan's name. Oh yeah, that's all I needed. Let me go Oof. to sleep. Let me have something to look forward to because a bracket without Michigan is like a boring bracket to me. Yeah, I don't have anything else to look forward to. I don't know who else they could have thrown in there. Um, I feel bad. I don't have the list of teams that were just out, but um, I'm pumped that no. they made it in, and I think yeah. that they have talent to to make a make a splash. I'm not saying a run. Yeah, they got they got stuck in a in a bad bracket. Um, they're gonna have to prove themselves, but let's see what they can do round one. The, the way I looked at with, with Michigan is I made the decision heading into that is like. Like they didn't play good enough to get in, for me to be butt hurt if they got if they didn't get in. Right. But at the same time, as they, the the reputation of the Big Ten is really what what gave them that that spot, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not necessarily the brand name, the Block M. Everybody loves it. Um, other than the rivals, like it's a big brand. But the fact of how good the Big Ten conference is, nine teams that got in. I think the second most were six or something like that in other conferences. That tells you the reputation of the Big Ten, which is why Michigan gets in. You get Rutgers in a play-in game, Indiana in a play-in game. Like, <laughs> that's just how deep this conference is. And if you're going to put those guys into a play-in game, Michigan deserves just as much, if not more. And and they do because they do have those big wins. They have the win against Michigan State. They have the win against Ohio State, Iowa, and they have those big-ish wins. Right, right. Yeah, quad whatever wins like that. That's why you got in. Not be you don't lose because you blew a seventeen point lead. You don't not get in because you blew a seventeen point lead. It's a big picture type the, thing. They did enough. Right, and at the end of the day, the two bodies of work between Michigan, Michigan State are extremely similar. So, 
take take it for what it is, a seven seed and an eleven seed. I I I honestly have no problem with Michigan being an eleven seed and not being in that playing game. I I kind of look at it like that. I I do also agree with you, John, about um, needing that last win against Indiana and how crucial that may have been. But what it comes down to is Indiana's in that play-in game because they were having struggles throughout the year that Michigan wasn't quite having. Michigan did just enough to not be in that play-in game. Yeah, I think the record speaks where they haven't really like gone on a winning streak either, so that has me kind of concerned going into the tournament. Like oh, This yeah. team hasn't played three consecutive good quality basketball games in right, a row right. all season. Um, but let's see what they can do. Let's see what Jawan can talk into these kids. Right. Let's see what Hunter Dickinson can do. Um, you know, he's going to have to play his a game for us to have any chance to, you know, make a, again, make a legitimate run to a sweet 16 elite eight. Right. And, um, th- and that's something we brought up a week or two ago on the podcast was how inconsistent. And if that's a positive or a negative for this team moving forward, when, you have a couple of guys that had a great week last week and they fall flat on their face that following week, but then there's a couple of other guys that are there to pick up the slack. You know, what kind of team is this going to be moving forward through this tournament, if, even if they do make it through the first week? Who knows? So we did have a, a comment here from Colin. Uh, he asked, what do, you, what do you think about the playing games? He heard somebody talking that the 16 seeds should have their automatic bids if they win their respective tournament, uh, and we should have the 11 and 12 seeds as play-ins for at-large bids like Michigan, Texas A&M, et cetera. I completely agree with you, Colin, on, on this one. Or I, I guess I, you didn't really say where you stand. I believe if you win – all right, let's take a step back. I, I don't think playing games are making the tournament. That's my opinion. I think they're a joke. I think it's stupid if you have to play in to get into this tournament. Did he really make it? That's where I, I am mentally. So if you win your tournament, your respective tournament, you should not be in a playing game. Period. End of story. You should have that automatic bid. And I don't know, like, if if like let's say uh, who who's in a playing game that won their tournament, like a Texas Texas Southern or something like that. I think plays tomorrow or or like a directional school in in Texas. Do I think? Michigan should be ranked lower than them? No. But I don't think... I, w- I think Michigan should have to be in that playing game over a team that won their conference, in my opinion. So, like, the, the playing games, I think, first of all, are stupid. They're, they're, I think they're, they're dumb. Just have it at 64 teams or whatever it is. There's no reason to expand it to 68, is it? Like, what's the point? If you're not... If you're not... You're, you're not good enough, period, end of story. So... Yeah, but if you win your tur- if you win your conference, you should not be in a playing game. That's my opinion. It's kind of sad that basketball got expanded. Football didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. No, <laughs> do you guys have an opinion on that at all, or, or do you I, think like a conference champion should be a playing game ever, or do you think it's just? I mean, it, it's a different. But I, I no, I I agree. I think com- yeah, if you win your conference tournament, you should oh. automatically be in the bracket. Yes. If you're a bubble team. If you're a legitimate you bubble team, you should be in the playing game. You should be in a playing game. There's a few, you know, Notre Dame, Rutgers, to say a few, but again, 
Well, they need to either expand the tournament to where you have an equal bracket and everybody's <laughs> on the sheet. Yeah. I hate I hate having to look at these games at the top. It just I don't know. It just yeah. does not make sense to me. Yeah, I I guess I look at it as do I think so? So let's use Indiana Notre Dame as a matchup, right? So they're the eleven plan game tomorrow, right? Yes. Or is it? Did I say Indiana Rutgers? Rutgers, Ruc- Rutgers and, Notre, and Dame, Notre Dame, right? Yeah. And then who's the sixteen seed that plays tomorrow? Um, Texas Southern and Texas A and M C C, whatever that is. Is that community college? Is that a D one thing? I don't know. I assume so. And I assume they both won their conferences. I think Notre Dame and Rutgers should be eleven seeds. But I don't but but I don't I think they should be doing the plan because they're average in their tournament rather than a team that won their tournament. Yeah. They should not be having like so. Yeah, have them all eleven seed matchups with power five conference teams going against each other to play into the tournament. If you want to keep the playing tournament, but don't make the teams that won their tournament have to play in to the actual tournament. Especially, yeah, especially as a sixteen seed. You know, if if you're if you're a conference tournament winner, champion, and you happen to get selected as a sixteen seed, I'd rather have that as my motivation as opposed to uh, we got to go play this other team that was also a 16 yeah. and the winner of us gets to go play Arizona. Yeah. It gets you know, spanked. Like, it's just like, it's uh, really not know. that big of a reward. It's like pressing the Coke button on the vending machine and a diet Coke spits out. Nobody wants that. You know, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's not, it's not fair to these guys. Uh, and I see it's happened twice in this bracket. I, I don't know. They, they need to do away with it and make them, you know, a 14 through an 11 seed. Make those the matchups in these whatever play-in games we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I hope that answered your, your your question, Colin. Getting back to the Michigan in, the, in their draw. Um, so they're an 11, right? Yep, they got the Correct. 11 seed. Yep. They're going to play the 7 seed? 6. 6 seed. Come on, Colorado um, State. Simple math, Sam. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so, they're a 2.5-point favorite uh, for the first non-playing game of the, of the tournament. Um they play Thursday at twelve fifteen, which I'm pumped about that. Probably throw a bet on it while I'm sitting at my desk. No big deal. Um, against <laughs> the twenty five and five number six seed Colorado State Rams, uh, a team that I know zero. I, I spent zero time watching this team. I don't know if you guys watched any Rams basketball this year, but um, I did not. Uh, so I don't know a whole lot. So I'm what I'm going to go off of is is what. I was told in what I, what I'm hearing, um, from what from what it sounds like, it sounds like they're they're a good shooting team, a pretty good offense, right? But when it comes to size and what Michigan does well, seems to match up well against this type of team. Correct. Now, will it come to fruition? We'll see on on Thursday. But it feels like a pretty good first round matchup, especially when you start comparing it to the Davidson team that that Michigan State has to play. It feels like you should win this game if you're Jawan Howard. I, I think I said last week if you go out and lose your first game in the Big Ten tournament, you go out and lose your the game in the first your first game in the real tournament. Look out because that that's back against the wall type stuff for when it comes to what Jawan Howard's doing and all the other stuff on top of it. So that's gonna be interesting to me. I think you go out and win this game. I mean, is there something that stands out to you guys outside of this the the size difference that that Michigan should should have over them? Uh, as an advantage, I think the fact that they're playing 
probably close to home, right? Are they playing in Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, so I should have brought that up. I guess like Colorado State's going to have to travel. Michigan doesn't really have to. They can hop on a train. And I, I did hear something about Colorado State. Like they haven't even flown out yet. Oh, that like because they got the the <laughs> they what? got something wrong from the NCAA, and it was like a big cluster. But I, I don't want to break any news. I don't know the the ins and outs. But it sounds like you have sources. Yeah, it's my the radio <laughs> ninety seven won the ticket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it sounds like that they're. Um, <laughs> still waiting to fly out, or they got in really late, much later than everybody else. But anyways, yeah, I mean the travel for for Michigan being an indie is is a huge benefit, I would say. Oh yeah. Um. So then, if you can get, sneak past the the Colorado State Rams, which you're you know, probably rooting for, right? That sounds like a Stafford team, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the potential game too, as long as Tennessee takes care of business against Longwood, great name, by the way, Longwood. <laughs> so so many <laughs> so many good jokes there, right? Funny story. I think it's their first year as a college D1 basketball program, and they won their conference tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. That's this team, Longwood, I believe. Yes. Okay, so I did hear that story. I thought. That there a different team won the tournament. Oh, and they it was, won. But they, they won an at large bid. But no, but the, no. So the whatever conference Longwood's in, the team that won the tournament has not gone through their probation period of be, of becoming a D one school. Oh wow! So, so then Longwood kinda, gets to like get in. Granted, a position. Yeah, in the and, and I I think that's how it went down. I, wow. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they weren't even a conference tournament champion. They just got kind of lucky because whoever beat them wasn't eligible or something like that. Which, I mean, remember when Penn State became a, a D1 team uh, in hockey and they had to play in the ACHA level because they couldn't go right to D1 NCAA and they just absolutely wiped the floor with everybody. It was just a big cluster. Um, but, like, that's kind of this this same probation period type stuff. that okay. and, I, and I could be wrong on that. Until until you said that, I didn't know that those were related, but I think that that's what the story is. I mean, it did. It does say that they won the Big South tournament. Okay, so I might we might be getting Warriors cl- oh, crossed here. Okay, so they became a Division One team in two thousand and seven. Okay, so they're yeah, so they're they're past. So I, I I'm probably thinking of a different conference tournament champion then. Um, but no, I mean, as long as they do, I mean the the number the, the Michigan Wolverines will play the three seed Tennessee Vols. Um, who were twenty six and seven overall and fourteen and four in the SEC? Coach Rick Barnes is kind of known as a choke choke job art choke artist, if you will, when it comes to the tournament. Um, but I mean Tennessee, the a lot of the the, the SEC countries saying that they got uh, snubbed as a number two seed and should have been a number two seed. So you're going to be playing the best number three seed in the tournament. I, it's just it doesn't seem to be lining up for Michigan or Michigan State to go on any type of run because you're going to be playing a really darn good team that has title aspirations in that second-round game. Right, and right. now I, I think Michigan's the type of team that has the better odds to go on a run because you have a mismatch of Dickinson. You have a lot of talent with a lot of the, the young guys that are starting to – like when, when we're winning, it's because of them, Right. And and when we're losing, it's because of them too, because they're they're awful. Exactly. Um. So if these freshmen can can step up, outside of Dickinson, like this team could put something together. It feels like because of the talent. 
oh, there's there's plenty of talent on the team. That's not the problem. It's a <laughs> the problem is putting it on the court, and the defense lacks so badly in the worst possible times, and they they need to learn how to group together and play up and down the court consistently. It's a problem. It's been a problem. It needs to get fixed. Yeah, it's just... But there's the potential. There is the potential, but not a whole lot of hope for either of these teams. And, look, there's potential for Michigan State, too, because when when Tom Izzo's coaching, more than likely you have the best, better coach in the matchup. Now, when it comes to Duke, that that's a little different. They have more talent. They have more the better coach, if you will. Um, but right here, when it comes to Michigan, when you have the talent, that's when you can really um, get things going. What's that? I need a pen. A pen. Give the guy a pen. We have one pen that we're passing around. Um, we're all vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to our bracket. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. I do want to move through this fairly quickly um, because nobody really cares what our bracket says and just as much as I don't care what their bracket says. I, I don't care. I fill out one bracket and then I stick with it, so I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, one of my brackets had that, and I feel really good about myself. If you have multiple brackets, please don't tell me what your bracket says because I don't really give a crap. Actually, if you, even if you have one bracket, I don't care about your bracket, and you don't care about my bracket. What I did want to talk about was a couple upsets that I, I, I could see happening here early on in, in, in the bracket. Kind of first first couple of rounds. I think the Davidson over MSU could happen. I personally didn't pick it. Um, another one. Wyoming or Indiana over St. Mary's. So I, I don't know how that game's going on right now with the, the Wyoming-Indiana matchup, but I really like Wyoming for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's probably just because somebody I listen to t- tells me to like Wyoming, so I kind of like them, and I've won some money using them s- a few times. So that's one that I'm I'm, I'm interested to see um, what's going on. Are there any upsets that kind of stand out to you guys in the first couple rounds that that could really make some noise here, without getting into our darlings, if you will? Uh, I like Virginia Tech over Texas. Yeah. Yeah, because Texas is only. They're only favored by one point, and I could care less what ranking you have on the side of their name. I do not care. Virginia Tech could be on upset alert. Or, sorry, Texas could be on upset alert with Virginia Tech knocking on the door right there. And that's, that's an 11-6 matchup there? Right, and it's just a gut feeling for me. I I, I, I have no idea, of, you know, yeah. as far as stats go. It's just a gut feeling. I looked at it, and I thought, you know what? One point favorite. Give me Virginia Tech. I think they won the ACC tournament, right? Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech did, yeah. So I mean, they're hot. You got you're catching a team that's got some wins in a row right now. Yep, that's always good. I uh, did get a comment that somebody does care about my bracket, so oh. it makes me feel better. Thank you. Uh, I got a couple of, like eleven seeds I could see winning round one. Iowa State to name one over LSU. Um, okay. I think they just got some history in the tournament that could did- maybe uh, splash over top of a little bit of talent in LSU. Did LSU just fire their coach? I think so. So yeah. that's another interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he got caught up in some like 
allegations on recruiting or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Michigan winning against Colorado State, too. And then another one to look out for, a double-digit team seed. I know the number doesn't mean much. San Francisco. I watched a little bit of them play in their conference tournament, and those boys can they can get up and well, down the court. What's their nickname? I have no Is idea. Scotts or something? Something like that. It's like something really weird. Yeah, they, they get up and down the floor, and they got a few guys that can just straight up score get to the bucket uh i guess that's really all i've got for like upsets do you have a, a, a specific darling so like obviously florida golf coast they took a nice upset and then it kind of went on that run back in the day a couple other teams chicago loyal chicago did at one time <laughs> like is there a darling that you see winning multiple games i mean i didn't look at your list to see one that you had listed but i i like memphis they have like a top five recruiting class they just never really clicked they got a lot of freak athletes on that team yeah Anthony Hardaway, I believe, is still uh, coaching the squad. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. As a nine seed, it's hard to look at them as like a darling. Um, and I think they got a tough matchup against, is it Gonzaga? Yeah. Yep. On that side of the bracket. So, I think they'll give Gonzaga a little run for their money. They're going to play with some size, who, and that's what Gonzaga has. Who is the, the Michigan guy, the state of Michigan player that went – they're committed to Michigan State. Yeah, from uh, – yeah. Uh, Mount Pleasant? Iba, Imani Bates. Yeah, Imani Bates. Imani Bates. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. – like, Plays for I, Memphis. So, ever since he kind of got cut from that team – not necessarily cut, but playing time kind of cut in half, the team's been playing a lot better. Um, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I haven't sat and watched it. It was kind of a hype train. I think his dad yeah. kind of came in with a little bit of an egotistical like, approach to Kind of like a program. big baller brand, brand yeah. type of guy. In a, in a he way. beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> <Levar>. <laughs> well, he started his own school or something, didn't he? LeVar. Ball. Uh, no, I, I had I had uh, Memphis as one of mine, but Micah, did you did you have a darling that you think could win multiple games? As yeah, a, I actually as a brought up uh, two different ones. Lyola was one of them. And I have play them. Ohio State first round. Exactly. And uh, Lyola is going to move on in that first round. I'm telling you that right now. And the other one, I have Chattanooga. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if Chattanooga can catch Illinois on an off day, they're getting out of that first round, and then they're going to face either UAB or Houston. Yeah, and I, I mean, think he, yeah. both of those teams are beatable. Houston, I mean, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably face Houston, and Houston's not the team that they were uh, when they made their right. run too. Right. So I I, I don't know. I kind of look at that Chattanooga like eh, it might be Cinderella darling kind of story. So that, that that's my main one. Yeah, a couple that stood out to me was uh, the winner of Wyoming, Indiana, who's playing right now. Yeah, uh, Wyoming's down five at halftime. Okay, um, they would play St. Mary's the the following game and then potentially UCLA um, would kind of if it, everything falls into place like it kind of seems like they could win a it whoever wins this plan game could could go on a little bit of a run um, especially when you kind of do that rust versus um, rest type thing uh, like it, it seems like they could kind of maybe ke- keep this thing rolling yeah. either either team because think- Indiana's been playing good they played good in the tournament they got brought not robbed but I mean, shocked if you will against Iowa, was it? Yeah. Um, last second shot. So I mean, it's it, it's there for them. They're playing good basketball. They have a really good player. I can't remember his name, but I mean, Indiana could go on a run. I, I and I like Wyoming too because they're one of the most fun offenses to, to that, that plays the game. I think UCLA is a little bit banged up too right now, so you're catching them at the right time. I know they made a big run last year, but this might be the right time for a little, like you said, a little upset. Yeah, and then my other one was Creighton, and I'm trying to find them on the bracket so I get the right um, the matchups here. Do you guys see them on, on there for you? 
because I wrote them down on the show sheet and I didn't write down who they play. I am looking. Yeah, they're playing uh, San Diego State. They're a nine seed. They're on the same side of the bracket with Kansas. That would be like their second round matchup. Okay. Yeah. So, yep, there it is. So, San Diego State. So, they're a nine seed. Yeah. They could catch Kansas caught, caught off guard. Creighton's the type. Like, that's, that's those are that conference. I can't remember what conference, but that's the type of conference that just scores. Big, big. And East can really something. get stuff rolling yep. and, and make stuff happen. So, um, those are a couple teams that I wanted to keep an eye on. Um, going back to Michigan, Michigan State, do you guys think that they win anything more than one game? Like, if you set the over under on. Two and a half? Like, would you take it? No. Like, I, I, I don't see it either. I don't see either of them winning multiple games. I, I just don't know if Michigan makes it or Michigan State makes it out round one. I wonder I, that too. I definitely don't think uh, Michigan's going to beat Tennessee. They're hot as teams can be right yeah, now. Yeah. Yep. And angry. Um, who's you guys final four? Because so I have I have Duke, Purdue, Arizona, and Auburn. Where Where are you guys at with your with your final four? Go ahead, Jan. Man, I got. I'm looking at it right now. I didn't write down four, but I got Arizona. I think Kansas is legit as they can be. Man, that East bracket is crazy. I'm actually okay. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna pick North Carolina at an eight seed. Oh wow! Out, out of the East, they're an interesting team. They got size. They got experience. Uh, they got guys that can make shots all over the court. That top bracket, man, that's tough. I guess I got to go with Gonzaga. So that's a 1-1-1-8. One, one, one <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's cliches I get. But I don't see anybody in there that's really that, like, stand out. I mean, Duke is good. Texas Tech maybe. I don't know. Texas Tech, yeah. They're playing like defense a, and stuff. Yeah, there's a few teams in that bracket that kind of got, like, overseeded. Alabama, UConn. So I, yeah. I don't know. It could that's be fair. it could be just some random team coming Michael, out. Michael, who do you got in your final I one? might get crucified for this one. Here we go. I'm going to go. No, no, no. I'm going to go. No, no, no. I wish. I'm going with Baylor, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Iowa. All right. Okay. Iowa's good, man. They okay. got a couple guys that, yeah, they're NBA prospect ready. So uh, they're they're getting hot at the right time. Yep. I don't know if the depth is there. I have no clue. It's just a gut feeling, like I said. But that those are my final four right now. All right. So for my championship, I have Arizona beating Purdue. What do you guys got? Kansas beating North Carolina. Uh, Arizona taking it all. Hey, me too. Yep. Against two. Against, I think it would be Iowa. Iowa? No, they're on, they're on the same half. They they're play, on the same half? Yeah, okay, they sorry. Play semifinals. So. Baylor or Gonzaga, I think. Oh, I think I'd have Arizona or Gonzaga then. Top Very two teams in the bracket. Very nice. <laughs> Red Wings to Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. All right, so we're going to get into the Wednesday parlay of the week for the Betting Hero segment. So bettinghero.com, check them out. Put in promo code MIBETS. What they'll do is they'll lay out all of the best promotions available in the sports betting world. If you're interested at all, there's probably a great promo going on for NCAA basketball, so put it, plug it in. They'll pro- my guess is like MGM will have like a free one thousand dollar bet or like a twenty five dollar match or like twenty percent match. Like all these, 
all of them are laid out. You do whatever you want. You plug in, like, yeah, so you go to bettinghero.com, plug in MIBets, you sign up through their website, and then all the those will be there. You click on the link, you sign up through DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, um, all of them are out there, Fox Sports Bets. I mean, it's all there, whatever one you like the best, it's it's there for you. You're going to get a great promotion, um, great free bets, all that good stuff. So um, do all that, and then maybe plug in the Wednesday parlay. So I'm going to start with last week's parlay. It was plus 480. It was a three-leg parlay. I had the Bulls minus 5.5 against the Pistons. The results were Bulls. They won 114 to 108. Boom. What is that, six points? And it was a five-and-a-half-point spread that I, I gave you guys. So check that out. Uh, my next one was Edmonton money line against Washington, which was an overtime win. Washington scored with two seconds left to force overtime. TJ Oshie almost ripped my heart out. But <laughs> Edmonton came back and won it in overtime. And then my last part of the three-leg parlay was over six in the Canucks-Canadians games. It was a 5-3 win for the Canucks. So that's a winner-winner chicken dinner. Canucks are hitting on the overs a lot right now. So you got to love that. I am now 1-3 in my Wednesday parlay. Yes, it was already called out that it was better than last year at this point. But, hey. You're doing great. Wins a win. Plus, Improvement. Plus 480. Find somebody that can do that. and I'll give them. I'll shake their hand. There you go. Shake that hand. So this week I'm going to get a little greedy here. I'm going to go for it. Um, I'm going to start lightning minus one and a half against the Kraken. They're a way better team, but on the empty netter, if it's even necessary, my second game, blue jackets, money line against Ottawa. Again, take the better team and just hope for the best. Just money line is a good way to go. 76 ers against Cleveland. That's a pretty good, pretty good matchup. Take the 76ers to win money line. All right. So this is a, so that's three. I got two more here in the, Warriors game, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson take them both over in the three pointers. They're both very hot. Were they both? I think uh, uh, Steph Curry had like seven yesterday, and Klay had four or something like that, or maybe five. Really? So if you can get Steph Curry, hopefully three and a half over three and a half. Usually it's four. Either way, you get the push with that. Um, Klay Thompson's usually three, um, two and a half, three. Take the over in both of those. It's going to be good. It's going to be a statement game against the Celtics. They're going to be ready to play. They're going to be ready to shoot. So um, it's a big one. I'm going to post it tomorrow once the lines are out and all that good stuff with a plus. Um, I, might, I might even get into the plus thousands with that many. Five-leg parlay? You never know. Oh, this so, man is pumped. Feeling good about it, though. Those are those are big, big games. I, I feel good, and, and we're going to win together. Win hey, together. Hashtag win together. Kyrie Irving ended up with 60 points. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a lot of points. Is that the highest this year, this season? Uh, I think Carl Anthony Towns for the Minnesota Timberwolves just put up like sixty-three Jeez. or something, sixty-four How do you the other score night. Score that many points? Yeah, I think he had like don't pass nineteen. Field, yeah, <laughs> just shoot nineteen field goals and like yeah something. I don't know. That's wow, a couple free throws or thir- thirteen f- field goals and like fourteen free throws or something crazy. We're going to get into our beer grades for this episode. We are drinking, once again, from Big Lake Brewing, the Mango Habanero Haze. It is obviously a hazy IPA. Their mango base, their mango hazy base with a 
touch a habanero. They infused Mango. it with the habanero. Dude, you know what the percentage is on this thing? I didn't. I don't see it on the can. It's not on the can. It is not on the can. Um, but Big Lake Brewing, obviously in Holland, Michigan, great tap room. The great at distributing their beer. They it's everywhere in the state of Michigan. Probably outside of the state of Michigan too. I'm not positive on that, but it's out there. They do a great job with their branding. They're, all of their beers are excellent. Um, very true to what they want to be, and it is tastes like beer, beer, right? It's beer here. So, what you guys think of this? Do you guys have any like thoughts? I mean, the mango haze, I think, is is an outstanding beer as it is, but the the, the habanero in, infusion to that is is pretty interesting. What do you guys think? I I think it's good for what it is. I, I'm not much of a a peppers in a beer type of guy. And I'm glad they did not overcompensate with the habanero to overpower that mango. So I think they did a very nice job, like you said before at the beginning of the episode. I think it's a really well-balanced beer for what it is. And that's how I feel about it. can definitely, like, smell and, like, get that instant taste of mango on the front. But it's all habanero on the back. And yeah. Like, my nose is running a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Right <laughs> really? Now. Yeah. Like, same thing. I'm not big into, like, spices and, like, heat. Uh, maybe in the wintertime, like, this would be a good change of pace. Um, but I do like it. It's a good, like Micah said, too, it's a good smooth blend. It's not overpowering. Um, but it's all on the back end if you're looking for that pepper taste. Yeah, the pepper taste I I, I like. I don't. Know, it's might be more of a mood type thing, but I, I'm a big fan sure. of it. I'm gonna go with a seven nine. Oh man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a seven eight. You took my score. John? Well, good thing that's all the lower you're going, Sam, because I'm a huge fan of Big Lake Brewing. They got some great yeah. IPAs, some double IPAs. Uh, anything they can infuse with some like fruity flavor has turned out amazing. This was off the first initial sip. Again, that that pepper on the tongue on the back just like again make the nose run a little bit. But eight one, that was my score oh, yeah. from early. Ooh, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm gonna throw them up in there at eight point category. Yeah, eight wow, one. that that's a big deal right there. So that, no, that's good, but. Um, yeah, Big Lake Brewing, check them out. We got one more score. Oh, what's the score? What was it? The, All right, so Carrie. The Lollapalooza. Oh, wait, no. Uh, yeah, from wow. White Flame. <laughs> what so was Carrie that? was drinking from White Flame Brewing. Lulu. The Lupa Lunatic. Lupatic. Lupa Lunatic. Lunatic. That's right. Yep. And what, is, what grade did she give it? She gave that one an 8-6. Let's go. Oh, that's a good grade. Has that one been on the show yet? No, we've done one white flame beer, and so we we actually had it all set up to go record there. I think we were what a week and a half out of going there and, and recording. Yeah, and someone had to leave. No, I think I think you and Ryan were gone. Uh, oh, that's what I meant. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go to White Flame by myself. <laughs> or maybe it was just you. I, I think, think you were just, just gone. I was like, all right, well, that's Micah's. <laughs> Micah's the Mug Club guy there. Oh, so that's my baby. Out I wasn't going to like go there without him. Uh, so I, I got to reach back out to him and, and get out there. Where Where's White Flame? They're Hudsonville. George? Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago Drive and whatever that number street is out there. I have Incredible no idea. Incredible mac and cheese. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is the one that we really like? Cowboy Mac. Cowboy Mac. What's yeah. in that? It's uh, it's like mac and cheese, but they put uh, pot roast in there, jalapeno, and onion. Oh, it's... 
delicious. I'd Habanero swap, and really good. Yeah, I'd swap that onion for some bacon and make it like a real cowboy. <laughs> you can probably add bacon. I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That'd That's be not a bad way to we go. We should go. We should. We're going to do that. Let's I'm, I'm going to reach back on. Hey, quick shout out to Hope College. They just won their second ACHA national title. Nice. That was episode 148. It's going to hit. You've been listening to State of My Sports. Thank you guys for recording. From the Red Wings to the Lions. Thank you all for listening. To the Tigers to the Pistons. Peace. To Michigan we'll to next and Michigan week, State. If not sooner. everything in between. Peace, Ryan. We're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.